welcome to the 324th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today, we are recording on February 19th, 2023. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and I'm also 50% of this here's show. With me is the man who brings the hard questions, Carlos Rodella. Oh, man. Should I bring all the hard questions to no. this episode? Don't do it. Don't do don't, it. Don't start me like that, because I got hard questions. I didn't have anything else for the opening. It's like, that's all I had. Pre-show, we were talking hard questions and uh, difficult topics and controversies. So, yeah, I understand why you let in with it, but don't get me started. We're not going to get started. It's don't tough, get though. me started. It's tough to be a person in the world these days for multiple reasons. We're not going to get into that, but I, I will say that is a truism. It is for true. Sure. Yeah, that is true. Uh, I'll uh, do a tangent real quick and say uh, apologize to everybody. We had an episode up that you might not have uh, heard yet. <laughs> yet emphasis on yet because we're bringing it to you. It's uh, it, well, it's up now. So um, last episode had some audio gremlins. I did a tweet just this morning on our uh, Twitter about it. And yeah, uh, it was not showing up in SoundCloud and uh, Apple Podcasts, but now it is. Uh, and I saw the the views starting to rack up, so people are now listening. Uh, but it's always was on Spotify for some reason. Yeah, I don't know what happened. I, you know, I, I did everything as normal. We went through the same process as normal. It seemed like maybe there was a problem with soundcloud but then that struck me as really strange um because i didn't do anything different and i went back and forth and then honestly i just walked away from it for a day and i'm just like fuck it um <laughs> nice. this is not gonna mess with it and i came back and then all of a sudden things were okay so i guess we're okay now but yeah the podcast should be now all the places that you would normally find it um and it's also you know at game critics and all the, whatever podcast app you're using so as far as i know we should be up and running, and episode 323 should be uh, up for you to listen if you didn't hear it the first time. There you go. Um, so, And then also this episode will go up pretty soon right after. Yep, should be should be real quick. So I guess if you missed the last one, you're going to get kind of a twofer today. A twofer. And yeah, I think that audio gremlins and just like technological gremlins follow Brad everywhere he goes, and that's just the thing. So that is a true fact. I, despite me being white and wearing glasses, I am not a friend of technology. Nice. Technology is not a friend to me. No, it's like and against you. Yeah, it is. It is against me, dude. It's like me and consoles get along just fine, which is like the only safe space for me. But like, if you talk about anything high tech, like AV equipment, TVs, especially computers, it's like, no, something about my aura really sends technology sideways and it's been a lifelong struggle i think this yeah. is just one more example so well i'm sure some of our listeners probably can relate so um also this is actually kind of a not hard question but a controversy i wanted to bring up last episode i forgot about uh it's a it's a light one it's nothing crazy all right but recently in a, um, a document that came out about xbox and microsoft trying to you know close that blizzard deal uh, oh, which yeah. I think they're not going to pull off now. Um, in I, my God, opinion. I haven't been following it. Does it seem like it's not going to happen? Yeah. Like Monopoly too much or it's something? It's too Monopoly-ish. Yeah, it keeps getting stuck and shut down. And Anyways, in their, an article that came out from it, uh, or like a documents, uh, you know, they're talking about basically Xbox Game Pass cannibalizing sales. Sure. Um, I mean, think I think we both kind of just knew that would happen is the nature of the Oh, yeah, of course. Of course it's going to happen. Right. But they, like, you know, put it in a document saying, like, hey, this is an actual thing. It does happen. Um, that prompted some conversation with me and some of my friends. We talked about, like, because I have friends who are at indie game studios. 
And like, if you are trying to get your game done and you're a small studio and Xbox can give you like 500K or like a million dollars or whatever, and you can finish your game and pay salaries, you're going to do it, right? Yeah, you got to keep them people fed. But you're not going to make much money after that. And if you're a company that already finished the game and you don't need a lot of help finishing the game, you might not also want to do it because you're gonna not going to make much money on the actual game pass, right? It's like, I think the idea of getting that kind of advancement helps a lot of companies. And it's like, hey, we, you know, you can get your game to all these people and it helps your brand awareness, et cetera. Sure. But it's, it, again, you're not going to make these huge $60 sales or $50 sales or whatever. Um, and so, yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's a, it's kind of a, a product of modern times, right? So we, we cannibalize sales in everything, but also I think the term cannibalize sales is a little bit misleading. Uh, so, I mean, I, number one, we don't really know how much money Microsoft uh, Game Pass gives. Is it a good deal? Is it a bad deal? I have no idea. Well, it's per developer. I know that. Right, it's right. But I mean, sure. I mean, yeah, it's probably not a one size fits all for sure. But I don't know. I don't know if people walk away from that deal feeling good. Do they feel bad? I mean, who knows, right? I, we, they've been very tight lipped about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard some people say it was a lot of money. And I've heard some people say it was just okay. And I don't know. You know, it's relative for everybody, right? Like $100,000 for an indie developer is, oh my God, I'm rich. And to EA, that's like, that's not even worth our time, right? Like, it does just, who knows, right? But the, I think the real question here is, potential sales versus like you know actual sales right and the thing that is weird about cannibalizing um sales is let's say for example um some some indie game comes to uh, okay let's not do that. let's do a 60 dollar game let's do some 60 triple a game comes to game pass mm-hmm. and everybody's like oh this is the 60 dollar game triple a i'm going to play this on game pass so like people are going to turn around and say well because game pass they didn't buy that 60 dollar game that's a lost sale Okay, mm-hmm. that's one way to look at it. But the other way to look at it is they weren't going to buy your fucking game anyway. They're playing it because it's on Game Pass and it's quote unquote free. But there's no guarantee that person or that audience would have ponied up $60 plus tax to buy that game. People assume that and they use it in their arguments. But that is not proven to be true because there's a lot of games. There's a lot of games out there that you will play on Game Pass for free but that you would not buy at full price. So it's not really a lost sale in that sense. Mm, I don't know. And I think know. that people, no, I mean, I, I can confirm. I mean, everybody's different. I know you buy a lot more games than I do, but I can guarantee, a little bit of Justin Wilson there for you, if anybody remembers him, uh, that a lot of the games that come to Game Pass, I wasn't going to buy anyway. I absolutely was not going to, so I'll play them because I got the Game Pass subscription. But if Game Pass didn't exist, would I have paid full price for those games? Absolutely not. Okay, well, that's interesting because, well, like, Starfield's the perfect example, right? Um, I will have to, well, I don't have to, but I was thinking about if I renewed my Game Pass just for Starfield. Sure, you can do that. Um, again, once you leave Game Pass, I'm pretty sure you don't have that access to that game anymore, right? No, you have your save still, but you don't have access to it. Right, game. so I have to buy it afterwards. So Yes. Um, I, I think because I did cancel it, I was thinking about just buying Starfield. Um, that's one of those games where, like, you're telling me people wouldn't buy that if it wasn't available on Game Pass? No, not every... No, Starfield, obviously. Like, you got to, like, look at case-by-case basis, right? If it's Starfield, yeah, it's Bethesda, supposed to be the hot shit. Yeah, okay, everybody's going to buy that. And and if if we're talking about 
cannibalizing sales in this particular case of Starfield. Yeah, I think people would buy that game if it wasn't yep. on Game Pass okay. for sure. Mm -hmm. So, so Microsoft is using it as a big attractor to Game Pass, right? Hey, don't pay sixty bucks, pay fifteen dollars, and you'll get this game for the month. That totally makes sense. But if it's like something else, like like uh, like Wanted Dead, that just came out last week or something like that. Yeah, I was kind of interested. It's like a melee slash shooter, female protagonist, pretty actiony. I was never in a million years ever going to pay $60 for that. But if it showed up on Game Pass, I would play it. But if it wasn't on Game Pass, I'm like, nope, I'll just play it when it's five bucks or I'll play it when it does come to Game Pass. You know what I mean? It's case yeah. by case basis. But not not every game that goes to Game Pass can turn around and say, well, we cannibalize our sales. No, you didn't. You weren't going to sell them anyway. Starfield, sure. You guys are going to sell a billion copies. But like Wanted Dead, you guys lucky you get your money back it's like you'd be probably a blessing for you guys to get on game pass right so it's like case by case but that's why i say you can't just say game pass automatically cannibalizes sale but you could apply that towards uh the the playstation subscription you could say that about uh fucking um netflix anything that comes to netflix well we lost a sale because they were going to buy it on itunes were they i don't know that they were they're well, watching it because it's free that but there's no one saying that they're going to pay full price for it yeah that one's trickier though because it you know, there's literally a difficult like barrier to entry to get streaming movies you know like like you have to sure, pick the service sure. it's like annoying every time i've sure. ever rented it it's like how long do i have this for it's it's but kind I mean, of bullshit so yeah it's but in different. the sense of, but in the sense of i can watch this korean drama on netflix for free because it's you know quote unquote free or would i have gone down to my local international district and bought well, these for full price on DVD. I wasn't going to do that. That was never going to happen, right? But th that's what I'm saying. It's not an A for or apples to oranges or whatever, because like the video game, you can do that. You can just be like, yeah, I just downloaded it because I bought, I wanted to buy it. Sure. But, so it's much but easier. But you hear what I'm saying though, right? Like just because I'm playing something it. free does not, absolutely does not mean yes. I was going to buy that for full price. I think it's case by case. I think it's price point by price point, right? Because you just said like, I, and I have thoughts about Wanted Dead because I, I watched some stuff up with it. Um, but like $60 versus $30. You know, or fifteen it, or five. Yeah, and if the, if you have a game, an indie game studio, and you have a, a thirty dollar game, uh, and then it's on Game Pass, you might have screwed yourself because you got the money to finish the game, and now you have no more money for the next year or two because you're not making dick all from Game Pass. Sure. So it, it is case by case. It's still a thing, and still something that people um, yeah. need to look at. You know, it really depends. It really depends. But you're also rolling the dice, right? Because not every indie game is Hollow Knight. You know, like, mm -hmm. let's say, for example, Princess Farmer, which is an indie game, uh, LGBT friendly puzzle slash farming game, which I thought was great. I loved Princess Farmer. Um, they went to Game Pass and I got it. I mean, I have to imagine that once they got past the people who kickstarted it, no, no disrespect, but I feel like their sales were probably really minimal. Right. And I think that them being on Game Pass probably helped them in the sense that you said of like visibility, maybe getting their studio more eyeballs. Maybe it's going to help their other game or at least pay their bills for now. But like if they had stayed just independent i i don't think they would have made very many sales right so yeah. but you know if it, if it's a hollow knight sure that's going to sell 10 billion copies but do you know that you don't know that like everybody thinks their game's going to be a giant blockbuster but that doesn't pan out for everybody yeah well it's an interesting uh conversation we will continue following it because i think it's going to keep coming back up um something that's not as controversial i just been watching of course a ton of youtube and i found out that I re-found out that Polygon's making some really good videos. Okay. Do we have a problem with Polygon? Are they okay? I don't remember. I don't know. Okay. There's been a lot of... I honestly don't know where we're at with them. Or these I, I, I guess it's fine. I like I a know. lot of the people there, So, and I've, I've worked with a bunch of them. So. No clue. I but anyways, know. they uh, put out a series, uh, a, a really cool like you know mini-doc kind of videos and stuff. And one of them was, I love 
note-taking games where like you you play a game and you actually take real notes in real life. Right? Oh, I hate those. Yes. Oh, you hate those? Well, again, them. we started with that. Like back in the day in this video, they talked about, yeah, like, you know, Nintendo even instruction manuals had like a little section on the back. The notes section. The notes sure section. Did. And they memos sure did. and stuff. And TurboGrafx had the same thing. Uh, PC games had the same thing. And so it was just a fun little video to watch. Uh, and there's this whole kind of new uh, genre of game that's called keepsaking game. Keepsake. Uh, I've never heard of this. Yeah. It's keepsake gaming, which basically just tells you to do things in real life in a notebook and like go study, go outside and study like uh, birds and write some birds, you know, put some pictures down. I'm out. I know you're out immediately. I'm telling everybody else. (laughs) This is not for Brad. It is not for me. But I just think it's cool. Like it's interesting. It's kind of a throwback to, you know, some old school stuff. Um, Anyways, I really bring it up for people to check out Polygon because. I had no idea they were doing such interesting um, videos, as well as uh, a YouTube channel called Any Austin. Uh, oh my goodness, I love his channel so much for these two series he does. One is Unemployment Reports, so he goes into like open world games like Skyrim, and he asks all the NPCs like what they're doing, and he finds out if they have a job or not. Yeah, and, that's funny to see how like how well developed the world is. Well, on that town, yeah. So like you know, Skyrim or whatever, or Riften or whatever. He'll go to a specific town in a game and say, "What's the unemployment rate?" And he'll actually calculate it. Like the unemployment rate in Riften is like nine point five percent. That's interesting. Really cool. And then the other one he does is unremarkable locations in games, which is like really interesting to look at um, places. Anyways, I'm just fascinated with it, so I thought I'd but tell it's, people. But it's unremarkable? It's unremarkable. It's just like, this is kind of a cool spot, or this is kind of a place where it looks like it's a video game, and you could see the walls, you know, like the lines and the grids and stuff. All right. Um, and what was the name of that channel again? It's called Any Austin. And I just Any Austin? Is there several Austins, and you have to choose one? No, it's just that. Yeah. I don't so know So there's just the one are. Austin. That's very misleading. It's only one Austin. I feel it lied to. Well, it's any. I guess you are lied to, then. Yeah, because it's not any. I can't just choose any Austin. It's got to be this one specific it's this Austin. Austin. Go to this Austin. Fucking bullshit, man. Anywho. Anyway. Um, I have a few other things. What do you have? Uh, Nothing, nothing. Uh, the only thing I got today is the egg report. And so far, we have got two eggs this morning. I'm expecting at least two or three this afternoon, but only two. I think it was a green one and a blue one. Green and blue. Every green time blue. I hear colors for eggs, I think there should be chocolate inside. I'm going to keep trying, but so far, no luck. That would be a moneymaker for sure. I, and you will hear about it here first on the podcast. If I open one of these eggs and there's, if, in fact, I'll even do you one better. If there's anything other than egg inside of my egg, I will absolutely tell you guys here first. Right. I don't know if I want you to because it might be gross. It might be delicious. It might be delicious. Never know. Um, Carl's open it up and it's whipped cream for some reason. That would be great. I, You know, I'm a big whipped cream fan. If I was getting whipped cream eggs, I'd have a lot more chickens. Oh, my goodness. The name of the podcast is called Whipped Cream Eggs. Whipped Cream Eggs. <laughs> uh, a couple more things real quick about AI. Kind of another, in quotes, controversial topic, I guess. Um, there's this really cool thing called Mario GPT. Obviously, you know about AI, uh, the program ChatGPT. Everybody and their mother knows about it now. There's yes. Mario GPT that basically um, uses AI to generate endless Super Mario levels. Very All interesting. Right. So check that out. And then also, this will be big at some point. I think I've been talking about this since I started on the podcast with you. But the idea of you know game creation tools getting better, getting more intuitive, getting more user-friendly, 
Sure. It's just happening. Yes. Um, I've always, you know, as a kid, I always wanted to make games. It was like prohibitive to even like think about that. It was really hard to do. And I kept trying to code and now I can code in a couple, you know, languages and stuff. Um, but it's still difficult. So there's a program called Opus. It's not out yet. It's just kind of in a preview demo mode. Just Google Opus game creation. You'll find it. And if you look at the demo, they're just typing text and it's creating a uh, landscape in Unreal. Like from text. That is interesting. That reminds me of the AI program that was from a couple years ago. I'm sure it's like dinosaur times compared to what we got now. But that one where, I don't know if you saw it or not, where you could go into it and you took your mouse and you just did a couple swooshes. It was like green swoosh. And this is just like spatters of, of virtual paint, right? Green swoosh and an orange dot and a red square, and then you push the button, and then it made, like, a red house and a green yeah. mountain and the sun. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it just, like, that's what that reminds me of a little bit. That was kind of cool. That is, like, from ages ago now at I this know, point. Right? Yeah, um, like, ancient times. No, but it, that, that program's still up. And, yeah, it's, it's similar to that. But, like, it was crazy. It was like, okay, now make there's snow on the ground, and now make leaves and whatever. And sure. then also do a car neck, in a garage next to a house. And it was just doing it, dude. So cool. Right on. So right on. I'm excited for that. And I, again, I don't think people, the, the number one controversial thing is that AI displaces jobs. Yes, every new technology does. But as long as you are on board with it and figure out how to work with it, it can be a great tool. So for right now, it's with AI, you know, it's all about learning the prompting language, right? Like, how do you work with it? Because anybody can have these AI tools and still make a crap game. Right. Like it's not sure, fun. Sure. It doesn't look cool. Even though AI helped you generate a ton of stuff, it's just still corny. So I think that, yeah, right now for anybody who wants to make games, just start understanding that world of AI where like you can use it as a tool alongside your other tools. Yeah. I mean, I think anything can be a tool, which is great. I, I think the real problem is the tech bros right now, because as marvelous as technology is and, you know, I, just like you, just like anybody else, I've seen some really interesting and cool things coming out of AI art generation. But the problem comes with the application of it, right? Where where a hammer is great because it helps you build a house and you're inside and you're warm and safe and you're not getting rained on. But when you have a hammer and you smack somebody in the fucking nose with it and you kill them, that's a problem. Jeez. It's the same thing. Harsh with, comparison. It's the same thing with AI, right? Like if you do use it for whatever good purpose or training tool or some kind of supportive tool, that's great. But when these tech bros... You know, they, they never take ethics classes. They never understand how what they do impacts people. Like, you know, now tech bros are doing AI that removes watermarks from copyrighted artwork where they're they're taking they're stealing art from people and using that for their own creations, which is not good. I mean, th these are real problems. These are ethical problems. These are potentially even legal problems. And I really think that we need to have every tech bro in Silicon Valley and elsewhere Take a fucking ethics class, like get a little humanity, understand to use this this art to build a house, not to hit people in the face. Yeah, I, I, I do not like that comparison at all of AI technology and like murder. Um, but yes, I agree with you that like tons of nefarious things are being done all the time uh, with tons of technology and AI is just running rampant because, you know, it's a new thing and you go like, whoa, I could do this with, you know, one touch of a button. Sure, sure. But anywho, uh, speaking of AI, and to close out the housekeeping, I, I used uberduck.ai, and I just sent it to you. Did you see it in Twitter? I don't even know. Oh, I saw. Is that what that was? <laughs> I made Nick Riviera, Nick Riviera from The Simpsons uh, promote our podcast. 
I had no idea. I was like, what is he? What am I even looking at? What's even happening? Do you, do you know Nick? Hey, everybody. Yeah, yeah, I've seen the, I've seen him. I'm not a huge Simpsons fan, but I do know this okay. guy. Yeah, I've seen him before. Yeah. So it, that program right now, and I guess I'm not really promoting. It's free. It's not like a paid thing, but it, it has like so many um, different voices in it, so you can pretty much like text to voice anything. Right, right, right. So that's kind of see. This is so. This is another tool, right? This is another tool. Right. Is this like a hammer to kill somebody? It is. It is a hammer that's oh, going to kill somebody no. because I, I, this is actually a big controversy. In not only it's in regular acting. And it's also specifically in voice acting where the tech pros are saying, hey, all we're going to do is take this one voice clip and we can extrapolate an entire actor's uh, persona so we can have Brad Pitt saying whatever we want. And we don't even have to have Brad Pitt. We don't have to pay Brad Pitt or, you know, not even as somebody as big as Brad Pitt, but like any of these voice actors, maybe your favorite anime voice actor or maybe your favorite video game voice actor. They're they're having technology where they're simulating these performances. I don't you know, I don't know how good they are or whatever, but even the idea that you're going to take one clip from someone and then all of a sudden that person is no longer needed. That person, which you valued them for their voice, all of a sudden is thrown out the window because you've got an AI program. Real problematic. Real problem. That is definitely hitting somebody in the face. Oh, my goodness. I can't say anything about tech now, and it's going to be controversial. I mean, we need to just start using it for good, man. We, we are. Okay. I'll just put that out there. We are. We're doing Some good and are, bad. Not all of them. I need, to, I need to find who these tech bros are and go to their house because... And the, beat them the, up. The tech bros you keep mentioning. Uh, but maybe they all live in one house, like one of those frats or something. They probably fucking do. Um, but I will say this. Uh, yeah, like, I know because I use all this stuff every day. Um, it's not there yet to what you're, you know, concerned with. Uh, you still need the inflection, the dialect, the, the actual person doing it. You can see stuff going around the internet and maybe... Uh, something from me and my Twitter um, of these AI voices. You'll notice the clipping. You'll notice the things that are off. Uh, it's not 100%. And when sure, it gets better, sure. it's still going to not have the inflection. Like, you still are going to need humans for things. I, I, that's why I always say, like, people shouldn't be as afraid as they are. They should embrace parts of it because humans still have to make cars. You know, like, we got robot arms trying to do it, and they do some of it. But then they fucking stop and they're shitty and you need a human to come in and look at it and be like, oh, that's wrong. You know, I think we should be more afraid, actually. I think okay. we should be more afraid. Well, I think we we are not we are extremely clever monkeys who are really good at putting things together and building things. And we are absolutely terrible at understanding the ramifications of what we're doing and using them ethically. We are awful at that. As a I will, species, we are garbage. I will agree with you that. And this has never run up, been brought up. And I got to find the book that I read. It was a while ago. But it said, and I agree with this, so kind of like agree and disagree, is that we are in shock still as a as a species uh, from technology. Like we don't we don't we haven't caught up to like how fast it's moving, and I think that that's a problem because then we're not even like understanding what we do have, and then we're building new shit on top of it. So I agree that it's like potentially dangerous you know we if you don't know what what's going on and you keep building things yeah we, we like, are toddlers who keep assembling bigger and bigger yes, weapons yeah, and yeah we don't so, even know how to use them or what to do with them so i agree i just don't think, i don't think they're all weapons or hammers lots of hammers here wow i, I didn't even expect to go into controversy i was trying not to let's talk about video games <laughs> video games all right let's get to the main portion of the show here lots of stuff to talk about carlos we're going to keep it going with you Rise of Fox Hero. This is, yes. I think, a platformer 
isometric maybe i'm not sure i just took a really quick look at it i don't know a lot about this other than there's a fox he's a hero and it's a platformer yeah, tell us a, about it sir it's a platformer you play as a, a fox and it's that thing where you can uh you know move the camera around with your right analog stick yeah um, and it looks like super mario world or something and yeah like little guy running around with a sword jumping platforming um that's it that's the style of game and that is, that is it. Okay, thanks. That's it. Thanks and for bringing so that to the show, the Carlos. Game... Really appreciate that. Next, yeah. <laughs> no, um, I just saw it sh- pop up in Xbox and I think PlayStation Store, and it was a cheap little game, and very excited by like something simple because again, we talk about this a lot. Like we play all these complicated games, all these different buttons, huge worlds, and I just want sometimes to have something chill. Uh, so that's what this is. By the way, it's made by one guy. Um, I don't know how you say Josep. Is that how you say Josep? J-O-S-E-P? I would guess so. It sounds like Okay. Josep uh, Hernandez and uh, published by Two Awesome Studio, which I'm guessing is also maybe him. I don't Um, know. Maybe it isn't. But anyways, indie game, it just has his name as the developer. And, you know, labor of love is simple kind of game. It's basically like there's four chapters. Each chapter has like a bunch of levels, like maybe 10 or 11 levels. And then at the end of every chapter, there's a boss. And the whole game plays out as just walking through this huge, you know, landscape that's kind of floating in, in either clouds or just like in a different kind of environment. One's just like a sandy area. And then you're killing monsters and you're collecting things and you get to the end. It's just super so, so chill. Hold up, hold up a second. Hold yeah. up. Let me see if I can wrap my head around this. You're playing a character, going through different theme levels, killing enemies along the way. And at the end of each section, there's a boss. Am I, am I right so far? Yes. Okay, that sounds wild, but I think I'm with you. Okay, I got it. Oh, my I goodness. Wait, you just repeated what I said. <laughs> I did, but it's just like you were describing like video game 101. It's really funny. Oh, I get it. Okay. Yeah, so it's a game where you fight monsters and there's a boss. Yeah. Okay. But the point is, again, I like that. It's just really simple. Um, I actually, uh, I'm doing a little video on my other channel, my YouTube channel, um, about this game and a couple other games. And the fact that I, I really enjoy the simplicity of um, just easy games. I think I, I think I want to make a whole series on easy games. So the, do you mean this game is easy or do you mean it's like not complicated? It's easy. I mean, there's still like platforming things that like get you and I died a bunch. But it's easy in the fact that two things. One, you know, it's generally easy. Two, and there's no difficulty settings. Uh, two, when you die, you start right away, Right. And there's ample amount of checkpoints. So that makes it easy and okay. relaxing. And I think maybe I'll call them relaxing games. But like, yeah, I just when we play so many games that we're dying all the time and like have to re go through a whole new level. We'll talk about that at the end of this podcast. Um, one of these epic games we're playing. And this one's just like, yeah, I'm just going to sit down, relax. My, I, I think I said in the video that I'm making my blood pressure went down immediately, you know, <laughs> Just like colorful graphics and yeah, you play as a fox and hit things um, and you do some platforming, you get to the end. And there's two main things is that you eat apples to get your health back. And if you eat all the apples at the end of the level, you get a bonus and there's these crates you can smash. If you create, if you smash all the crates, you get a bonus. It's like that simple. Um, Also, for some reason though, one of the enemies is a blue shell for Mario Kart, (laughs) which I don't know. Why that's a thing? That's why. What is it? <laughs> they're fucking with you. That's why. Oh, you mean it's like a joke or something? I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe they're just messing with you. Blue shell out of nowhere. That's never it welcome. It really is weird. Um, 
and then there's enemies that throw fire at you and whatever. And the boss is, you know, the kind of thing where you basically have to like watch the pattern and figure it out. Sure, sure, and, sure. And I, again, very much respected when I died by the boss, it just started me right there next to the boss again. That's nice. And I was like, thank you. That's all I wanted. Just relax. Thank you, Joseph. I just yes. want a chill game for once. Joseph yeah, gets it. I, I I get that too. You know, I, I, I think that these games have their place. I mean, it doesn't sound like you're describing anything innovative or revolutionary, but sometimes you just need, you know, it's like sometimes you just want a simple cheeseburger. There's nothing fancy. There's no swoosh yes. sauce. There's no, there's no duck fat fries or any of that bullshit. Like you're just, you just want a simple cheeseburger and that's fine. And it satisfies when you're in the mood. It sounds like this is like the, the simple cheeseburger of games where it's not your fancy thing. You're not going to bust this out when you want to impress your friends, but sometimes it just hits the spot. It's a burger with fries. That's a great way to say there it. There you go. Or a right. veggie burger with fries. Um, <laughs> if you swing that way, yes. Well, nowadays, I have to feel like I have to do every side of every coin. <laughs> Impossible burger with fries. Which, by the way, Impossible Burger is at Burger King now, and it's really good. It's pretty good. I get the Impossible sausage breakfast sandwich at Starbucks Ooh. when we do the drive-thru. It's, it's legit. Dude. That it's is pretty good. good. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty good. Um, okay, anyways, I just want to bring it up because it, it's just super fun and relaxing. I'm still playing it. I'll probably beat it tonight. Because it's, you know, I'm on like chapter two of four and it's just, it gets a little more tricky. There's one thing where there's platforms, which I've never seen before in a game. When you jump, they move. Have you seen that before? Like to catch you or to get No, out to of like go way. in whatever direction they're going and you, you've got to figure it out. So like, even if you're on land near them and you jump, they move. Oh, so yeah. they're like okay. moving in a direction. So you've got to figure it out. I have seen that before, but it's pretty unusual. You don't see that one often. It's kind of cool. Rare, I was yeah. like, that's nice. And the graphics are nice. You know, the lighting is cool and stuff. Uh, I saw a couple of bugs, which is weird. Um, you know, it happens in an indie game. Uh, the blue shell, uh, one of the blue shells was off in the ocean somewhere. And he was like freaking out. <laughs> he was like moving around like stuck. And I felt bad for him. Um, but other than that, it's a relaxing game. One of the reviews says it's great for kids. I want right. to like take that stigma away and be like, it's great for anybody, right? right because right. it's great for me. I'm not a kid, and I'm really enjoying it. And it's I'll beat it tonight. Maybe I'll beat it in like a day or two. But man, oh man, it just it sometimes you need a relaxing thing. Yeah, you know this sounds pretty good. It's funny you say that because um, my wife just finished a game. Oh, she just finished The Last of Us, the video game. Oh we yeah, about that a while ago, and she was like, that was really fun, and I enjoyed it. But now I want to play something that is. 100% at all not at, like that at all I want something where I'm not going to die every five seconds and she likes platformers a lot so it's interesting you bring Rise of Fox Hero because she settled on Tri-Fox oh Clearly yeah foxes are a thing in platforming these days um, it sounds like you maybe have the better one though because she's been okay with Tri-Fox but she's been dying a lot and she, at certain points she's like you know I don't know if I'm just losing my touch or if these guys are just assholes and they've made their game way too hard. So I, I think that maybe that one is maybe not quite as relaxing as yours. But yeah, having a good simple platformer or anything simple as a palate cleanser between, you know, big games can be a really good thing. I think that's what my new YouTube series is actually going to be about now, now that I've decided it, uh, or hearing you say that. It's just about like games that are relaxing, nice palate cleansers, you know? Palate cleansers. Because think about this, and this is... We'll drill down this for one more second. I never think that we'll talk as long as we do sometimes about certain games. But um, we both, you and I both, we'll talk just for ourselves, don't really enjoy mobile games besides Snap maybe, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's difficult. Like I, every time I go to that store and I go to the Google Play Store, it's just hard for me to keep playing one. Uh, the form factor, I don't know. 
But this is almost like in between those because this could be a mobile game, right? But I, I don't think I'd play this on my phone. I like the big screen. I like the colorful graphics and simple. It's like playing probably better. The controller yeah. feels great. And it's almost like playing an old school Mario game. You know, you're just like, oh, this is nice and relaxing. Yeah. But yeah. I wouldn't play that on my phone. So it's like, this is a good place for that. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, mobile is its own, its whole own th- other discussion, all sorts of problems and yeah. issues and all that stuff. But yeah, I get you. Like sometimes you just play something real simple and something real easy. Was this like what, five, 10 bucks or what was it? Yeah, I think it was like five ninety nine or $6. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good price point for something like this where you're like, you know, expectations are kept in check by the price point. You know what you're getting into, simple platformer. You know, you just get that. That 99 cent cheeseburger at McDonald's or something. And it's like, you know, you're not expecting lobster. You just, you get the burger, you're happy. You move on. That's Rise it. of Fox Hero, the five ninety nine uh combo meal. There you go. That'll make Speaking you feel which, really good. Yeah. Have you been to Wendy's lately? Because they do a $5 biggie bag combo, which is really awful because you get a burger and nuggets and fries and a drink for five bucks. Oh, geez. It's so cheap. I'm like, is this a, is this a mistake? I feel like this is wrong, but man, you get a lot of food for five. Wait, months. you said it's bad. It's, it's not bad then, right? It's bad because I want to get it all the time. Oh, so it's it's kind of a bus ride for me. I'm a weirdo and I don't have a car. I guess that's weird, you know. Um, every time I say it, people go like, what? Because you're so old. Um, anyways, so <laughs> I take a bus and if I take a bus about 15, maybe 20 minutes, I can get to a Wendy's. Uh, so I haven't been to one much, but gotcha. now that you said that, I want to go there. It's like it's really for five bucks. It's weird because uh, we're trying to do fast food chat for a second here. I try not to do fast food too often, but we've been really busy lately and really tired. And like sometimes, I mean, that's just the American way, right? Like they work you to death. So you have to go buy your food elsewhere because you're too tired to cook. And, you know, I like we were getting like the, you know, my kid likes the Baconator and like fast food is fucking expensive these days. Even like you get like a combo meal or something. I don't know about where other people are, but like here in America or at least here in Seattle, if you're getting like a burger, fries and a drink, that's like 11, 12 bucks. Um, and so I'm like, shit, this is really expensive. And then I'm like, wait a minute, I can get a burger and nuggets and fries and a drink for five bucks. That sounds like a much better deal. So. Oh my goodness. It's all, it's, I'm just scared for like what I put in my body nowadays. So like, I know. anywho, all right, moving on. All right, moving on. It's interesting that you chose Rise of Fox Hero because my game is kind of in your same bucket a little bit. It's called Neon and Dust. Just came out, uh, on the switch a couple days ago. Uh, the developer sent us a code ahead of time. So thank you for that. Appreciate it. Appreciate it very much. Um, so this is kind of like what you were saying. It's kind of like a, what you see is what you get pretty straightforward, pretty basic. And if you're in the mood for that, I think it's totally just fine. Uh, this is a top down isometric run and gun twin stick shooter, I guess. Um, it is, but there's a little bit more because you have to hold a button to aim, which is a little weird. I feel like they could have gotten rid of that. Um, but basically you're just like a cyborg robot it's kind of unclear what you are exactly um but like the scientist makes you sends you out into these themed western themed worlds and each world has a couple of missions you can choose from uh one is like you know eliminate the target one is uh i don't know steal some stuff another one is sabotage something like they're all pretty straightforward and you just accomplish them with your your general run and gun tactics like you're just walking around you automatically take cover behind boxes You'll have a pistol, a shotgun, and a sniper rifle, or I guess a long gun, I suppose. Um, And those are the only three kinds of weapons you have. And as you go through the game, you will get points to level up some stats. 
Uh, you'll get a couple little special perks like heal faster or hold more bullets or something like that. You can, you know, customize your character a little bit. Um, you know, build up your attributes as you go. If you die, you get sent back and you start with a fresh robot or cyborg or whatever. But like you, you, the points you put in stay there. So like you just get tougher over time, which is mm. great. Um, it's perfectly serviceable. It's perfectly fine for what it is. Um, I mean, it handles okay. Looks good enough on the Switch. It's not great looking, but it looks okay. Um, the shooting feels okay. Um, you know, it's just, you look at it like on one screen and you're like, I bet I know what that's like. And you're probably not too far off. Um, it's fine. I, I wish it had more personality. I wish it had like a funnier story. I wish it had uh, a more interesting character. It all is kind of just really... You know, I hate to call it vanilla because I really like vanilla, but I know people take a dump on vanilla because it's boring and it's the, you know, it's the 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 dull flavor. But honestly, vanilla is really good. That's why it's so popular. World's most popular flavor. I, I don't um, know if that's true. Go ahead. It is true. It is facts. True facts. No, I'm going to look that up. I don't believe um, you. But, uh, but, but it does have some issues, right, that hold it back. Like, number one, it just it, it kind of just feels personality-free and generic. Um, this could have been a really strong place to put a nicely designed character that has a lot of zip to them and i feel like the character is just kind of like a cipher really kind of just boring um the people that you have conversations with is just whatever you click through the thing just to get through it you don't care about what they're saying um the biggest problem i think uh is is kind of twofold number one this game has a real obsession with guns and not in like i know americans whatever right but like uh you'll pick up a gun and then you'll find boxes as you go through and like there will be like option lot, lots of options to get new guns but it's always they're like boring it's like i got my pistol and then i got my pistol that does like plus 0.02 damage and then i've got my pistol that does like it's got one extra bullet or something like you never get anything or at least i haven't found anything where i'm like whoa this is crazy it shoots penguins or like oh it uh, that would be crazy yeah it'd be crazy or like you know you don't get any like, wild gun where you're like oh this is really fun to use like it's really wacky it doesn't really change up what you're doing it's all just like incremental stuff uh, at least that I've found so far. Maybe there's something wacky later on. I didn't finish the game, to be frank. Uh, but I just was like, okay, this is like I'm spending a lot of time looking at pistols and they're all just like slight variations of each other, which is really dull. Um, I will also say that playing on the Switch in handheld mode is tough because the Joy-Cons are not great oh, at yeah. doing this kind of like run and gun stuff. It's totally fine with the Pro Controller and you're playing in dock mode. No problem at all. Feels really good and, and fine and crisp. But in, in handheld mode, is a bit of a problem. But the number one, the number one biggest problem with this game are the maps. I believe that they are randomly generated. I'm pretty sure that they are. And it shows uh, because there's like a weird switchbacks and there's some dead ends and it, there's no flow to a level. Like sometimes you'll walk and it's just like it's not clear. You're not feeling like you're making progress. Have I been here before? Have I not been here before? And there's no map. There's a... Uh, I don't believe there's a map. There's no mini map that shows up and there's no pointers that tell you where to go. I think except for maybe like when you're almost done, I believe. So I spent a lot of time just like wandering around. Have I been here before? Wait, where am I going? Where, where should I go? I'm not sure. This game feels like it should have very linear levels. I think it would help it. Um, there's nothing to be gained by searching around. Um, there's also some interiors, which I think is not a great at choice either, where you're outside and things are fine, but then you go inside and sometimes there's a bunch of enemies that you don't see because you're just entering the building and then you get in there, you get kind of ambushed, mm. which is not fun. Um, it's They're all like small little areas. I, I don't see the value of having interiors in a game like this. And I really wish there were more straightforward levels just about running and gunning really quickly and getting through it. That would be um, faster paced and more focused. I feel like this game 
I, I kind of see what they're going for, but I don't think they got there like in any respect. Like boring character, confusing levels uh, that just kind of feel like you slog through them. The guns are not exciting, but it does, you know, like, but you can play it successfully. Like you, the, the controls feel okay. And if you want a little cover shooter and a little running on action on the Switch, I mean, it does fine. You'll get the numbers going up feeling, you know, because yeah. you're slowly getting better over time. So that helps. So it's like, it's it's okay. Like, it's okay. Like, it's not terrible. It's not a failure, but it's also not something that I'm going to, like, really come back to very often. I'm not going to really, like, I'm not going to give you the hard sell and tell you you should play it. I think it's just, like, it just kind of is. I, I wish they put a little more sauce on it. Yeah, it is. And it's a roguelike, it's, it seems, right? Yes, yeah, I is. think it is. I think the levels seem like the roguelike and the mission design. Yeah. But once you play for a little while, you just, you know, like every level basically feels the same as the last one, no matter what your no matter what the objective is. So it's kind of like, eh, well, it, it runs out of steam pretty quick. Like you said, like being a robot cowboy is a pretty good start. So it's like they could have like maybe missed opportunity for like story yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, but I'd also say it's not like the Rise of Fox Hero then because... All the things you described are like, oh, and then I don't know where to go, and it's kind of difficult, and the controller thing, and like none of that's in the simpler right, game. Right. Or, you know, my game is like, no, no, I think I'm just going to beat it tonight, and it was a fun time, and it's over. Yeah. You know, no, I think you're correct. I think you're correct. I think I just meant like in the sense of like it's a very s- straightforward approach to a known quantity. Like they're right. not trying to push any boundaries. Like you look at it, and you pretty much know what you're going to get. So. Yeah, I, I would agree yeah. that's similar. Yeah. It is, it is yeah. what it is. Yeah, exactly. It is what it is. And that's what it is, and that is Neon and Dust. Let's stick with the Neon theme, Carlos. Wait, wait. Uh-oh. Sorry, I had to jump back to the ice cream thing, because I did okay. look it up. Yes. Uh, this was a poll done in uh, of America now, just America, in 2021, sure. so it's a little old. But number 13, or number 12 is Neapolitan. I don't know whether it's 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, then it goes chocolate chip, pistachio. It's going towards number one. Uh, coffee, Rocky Road, chocolate chip cookie dough cookies cookies and cream i agree that's gross cookies and cream mint chocolate chip at eight percent i'm gonna start giving you the numbers butter (laughs) pecan eight percent strawberry eight percent vanilla number two at 15 percent and slightly above it at number one for 17 percent is chocolate regular chocolate yeah but for america in 2021 sure for america in 2021 okay anywho chocolate chocolate that's fine. What are we um, moving on to now that I do? Well, we, uh, you, I had a good transition going because I said enough I know. neon and dust. Keep the keep the neon theme going because you keep the neon theme going. Neon white. Uh, this one came out I think last year. A certain segment of players in my Twitter sphere really like this one a lot. I don't know that it's for me, but I am curious to get your take on it. This is a, it's one of those. Um, performance-based games where you really like the really focus on it is like perfecting a run right is that the kind of gist of it yeah they call it a fast first person action game it feels like mirror's edge okay especially in the look of it as well um a lot of like white surfaces uh futuristic simple kind of style um i had heard about it a while ago Uh, again it kind of popped up in my playstation i think i was telling you before the show i still have that subscription so sometimes i get deals or free trials and stuff and so I was like, oh, I've always wanted to try that. So let me try it out. And yeah, Mirror's Edge with kind of like see how fast you can do a level. But also there's a story, which is really interesting, where you are an assassin named White. And you are taken from hell because I guess you were awful, I guess, being an assassin. And you go to, go to heaven and heaven wants you to kill demons that are in heaven. Which, by the way, I didn't think they could get there. 
I thought that's the whole point. Heaven wants you to kill demons in heaven. That seems like a real serious heaven problem going on. Yeah, I don't think, I just don't believe that that could happen. I don't understand what's going on. Anyways, when you get there, there's all these cutscenes that happen. So there is story uh, after playing like levels. And the story, and you all have masks on for some reason. I don't know why, but you've seen the pictures. Because COVID's in heaven. You need to protect yourself. Oh, nice. Clearly. Now, you have like these demon masks. What are they? The, it, it, there's a name for them, but like the monster. And 95. No. <laughs> you don't look like a demon. Anyways, there's a crazy mask, and you meet all these people who also have the masks. And they're, I guess that they're like your old crew from back in the Earth days. Okay. And you're trying to remember them because you have amnesia, of course. Of course, and as so, you always do. As you always do in games. And you, so you have all these cutscenes with these different characters. And what you what you do, very interesting idea, is you do these runs, which is basically first person running, sliding, jumping, double jumping. And as you go through the, le- the, the level, you pick up cards, and the cards give you something. Like So they'll give you a gun, they'll give you a machine gun, and then that's their first ability. And they run out. So there's like a limit to the card use, okay? So you can shoot the gun so many times. Or you can like discard the card. So it's a very interesting idea that mixing the idea of a card game mechanic. When you discard the card, it also does an ability. So the machine gun shoots a machine gun and it could use that and it's gone. Or you can shoot a little bit with the machine gun and then discard it. And when you discard it, it makes a bomb. And so that can blow up enemies. And also you can jump on the bomb and it pushes you to higher up in the air. So there's so many different ways to like kind of traverse this level with those kind of different mechanics. It, that seems confusing, right? The way that I... No, that makes sense. I mean, you've got an item where you can use it one way or you can use it another way. And that it depends on you. I mean, I'm guessing probably as you go through the level, maybe, you know, they probably want you to be clever. I think I remember this from the review. I believe it was um, Eugene Sachs who reviewed it for us at Game Critics where he was like... Yeah, you know, at first you use the card and it's like a gun and you shoot the dudes and you think you're cool, but then you replay the level and you're like, wait a minute, if I use the card and ditch it and get a jump instead, that means I can take a shortcut and that shaves three seconds off my time and that's a better use than me using the card to shoot people. You know, like he was, he kind of gave a couple examples of like where it, it seemed like they wanted you to use it for one thing, but then the smart way was to do it some other way. And each card had like multiple uses, right? Yeah. And they, and they run out, which is kind of interesting because, you know, you can't just like shoot forever. Um, and then your backup weapon is your sword, which you can use your sword forever because you have that like for, you know, infinite. Um, but also you do have to kill all the demons to get to the end of like to actually open up the door at the end of the level. So you can't just like jump past everybody. Okay. Uh, and then the other thing the mechanic is, is after you do these levels, you might get cutscenes, you might not, but you can open up um, the gift run, which means that now that you beat it, you can go back and not have to worry about time or anything. Just like look for the hard to reach gift. And if you find the gift, then you can give that to characters in the game, which will unlock side missions and unlock like, you know, loyalty crap or whatever it is, you know, the meter. Sure, sure. And you have a hub world. So there's a hub world where you have your room and you can go to your room and look at your journal and then you can go decide what you want to do. So it's not just like like Fox Hero or something where it's just straight linear chapter one, you know, chapter two. It's like just kind of do what you want and then there is a main story campaign as well because um, there's already like this side mission I'm like focused on from one of my friends who I gave him a gift and he opened up a side mission. So anyways, it's just relaxing and cool. When you do some of the running and sliding and shooting, it's better than almost any running, sliding, and shooting I've ever played. 
like first person parkour yeah, type stuff. First person parkour shooting and so, and the and the trigger feels really good with the haptic feedback. I'm playing on PlayStation. But the thing is that like you don't get to do that for very long because this is a quick game, right? And you you're trying to go fast. So if the if this developer made a game where it was open world and it had some of these mechanics, I would just love it because they know how to do it. You know, like the shooting feels good is all I'm saying. Interesting. Interesting. Um, this was a departure for this developer. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head what other games they've done, but I remember their last game was like totally different than this. It was like not even remotely close. I'm going to look it up real quick. Yeah, you look it up because I was trying to remember who that was too. And even though I think I saw the name and I didn't know what it was, Angel Matrix, but published by Annapurna, by the way. Ben so, Esposito. Yeah, he did other stuff. We know. I'm looking it up. I know that he did something that was pretty notable. Keep talking. What is okay. It? So when you find that, that'll be crazy because it's a totally different game. But this game is super relaxing and fun. Another relaxing game where even if I'm like failing a mission, I just don't mind starting over. Uh, again, that perfect like ability to start right over right away lets you you know want to beat things. And the stories, you know, it's a little corny, but it, it's relaxing and and kind of nerdy. And the guy's like, you know, bashful, talking to girls and stuff. But it's funny. I heard the number one complaint about this game I heard was that the story was irritating. I had a lot of people where the story really rubbed them the wrong way. And they they were like, I wish there was no story. Yeah. But you seem to be liking it, though. No, I'm not like, I'm not liking it. Not it's, liking liking it, but it's... It's just like it's there. It's kind of fun. I like okay. the anime style. Like, I was like, I like anime. But, yeah, I'm not going to like... It is corny at times. And you're like, okay, that's a really weird thing to say. Or like the girl's like, show me how to use this gun. And you're like, oh geez, all right, uh, okay. Hold sure. it like this, and you're like, oh I get god. what you're doing. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. So, so yeah, I found the corny. info. Found the info. Yes. Ben Esposito. Uh, so he was part of the team on Unfinished Swan. If you remember that from PlayStation, I sure days. do. What remains of Edith Finch, which, which I love. Yes. Uh, his most uh, one of his most recent games, Donut County. Oh, that's right, Donut County. So that's a big departure. He also worked on Tattletale, which was a small indie hit where you, there was like a horror themed Furby game uh, mm. that a lot of kids really liked for a while. But I think Donut County was the big turning point where, hey, super cool about things falling down in holes. To hey, we're wearing masks and in, in heaven and platforming and stuff which is it seems like a pretty big departure well watch i'm gonna uh, actually bring it together uh to close this out it's so much like unfinished one did you I don't know if you even played that did you play like that what unfinished one that you mentioned unfinished one oh oh I, I i was like for a second it sounded like you said something else i'm like what is he even i said saying? it fast I like, and i i blum, no problem i mean words. my ears i probably get waxed so it's so yeah, like unfinished that one, game yes. because that game is very white i mean literally white and you can't see anything <laughs> And then right. you color it, right? But the way you move around the world, uh, trying to quickly get to areas and stuff, um, yeah, and artistic, it feels like that game. It really does. Interesting. So it's almost like Return to Form in a way. <laughs> but plus guns. Plus but plus anime. guns in anime. Um, I just love it. It's just really relaxing and fun. And um, yeah, I, I, I would still recommend it to people. All right, right on. That is neon white. That sounds like a winner. And I know a lot of people really did like it quite a bit. So uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of fans out there. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. Let me um, continue the relaxing vibe for just a second here. I've got a couple couple quickies to talk about. First is Mosaic Chronicles Deluxe. Uh, you know, recently 
superfan Andreas Tang had asked us for bedtime games, and I covered a little bit of that on our on the episode that I that you were gone, yeah. and I did a solo episode really quickly. And I told him at the time, and everybody else listening, you know, oh, you know, bedtime games. I don't really have like a bunch of bedtime games. I kind of come back to the same couple, mostly Pcross because it's really relaxing, and at that time I'm probably wanting to settle in. But if I do stay up, then I'll play something a little bit more actiony. But this. Mosaic Chronicles Deluxe definitely falls into the bedtime game arena where there is a story. Um, I haven't seen very much of it. And honestly, it, it's, it would be fine without a story. There's some kind of magical story about a wizard or something. Who knows? I, I don't know. Uh, number one, because I'm already half asleep by the time I play it. But also, mm-hmm. it's totally beside the point. Because this is about putting together stained glass windows. Every picture in this game, there's a whole bunch of pictures. Uh, you know, there's animals, there's waterfalls, there's people, whatever, and they're done in stained glass fashion, just like you'd see in a church or like in some kind of medieval castle or something where, you know, like uh, heavily, 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 well, I can't talk, heavy, dark lines, bright color, pieces of glass, they're all geometric shapes. So they, they remove all the glass and just kind of leave you the frame if you're playing on easy mode like I am, because this is a bedtime game. Mm-hmm. I don't need to work that hard. Um, but you can take the frames off if you don't want to see any hints or anything. But I leave the frames on and you see the outlines and you just have to put the c- colored chunks back in the frame. It's super simple. It's super straightforward. There's literally nothing complex or tricky about it, but it's relaxing. It's super relaxing. It's nice to put something together. You have a nice little picture that you can look at anytime you want to when you're done. Uh, there's a little bit of story if you want to. But I think this is a this is a really great bedtime game. In fact, there was another Mosaic game, I believe same developer, same series, uh, a couple years ago, that was also a frequent uh, frequent bedtime for me between Picross and Mosaic. So I think this is a wonderful one. It's, I mean, there's not really a lot to say about it. It's just like you're just taking pieces uh, off the screen and putting them on the screen and assembling a window, and it looks pretty when you're done. I mean, that's yeah. that's all it is, you know? But sometimes when you're in bed, you just want to chill. You don't want to shoot or get shot. You don't want to kill anything. You just want to just chill, and this is a supremely chill game. It's um, just like what we said earlier. It is what it is. Yeah, it's exactly um, what it is. If you think assembling a stained glass window at your own pace with no pressure whatsoever sounds like a good time, and it is for me, then this is what it is. Uh, Rock, Paper, Shotgun reviewed it and said, I need a million more games like Mosaic Chronicles. Stat. Yeah, man. I get it. I get it. Like, it's nice to have something like this where it's just, it, it's not demanding anything of you, right? Like, I will, okay, I will say, I will say, just to be fair, um, I do feel like there should be a toggle to make the puzzles have fewer pieces because I'm on, I'm on puzzle number one and I'm like, wow, there's a lot of pieces to this. That's my only, that, I'm not even sure that's a complaint, but that's where I'm like, oh, I thought I would be starting with maybe like 20, 20 pieces or something like simple, you know? Mm. Uh, but there's a lot of pieces in the first one, which is okay. Uh, I'm still working on the first one. Uh, so that's not a complaint really, but just heads up and you know, again it is what it is but if you want something like this that's just it's just there for you like it's just it's just there for you it's just there it's just like dependable yeah yeah exactly just you know you put a couple pieces in the glass frame and then you like you look at what you've done and you feel good and then you're like okay i'm ready for bed like it's good it's good i will say this just uh because we're on the topic error 300 is the developer and they made another relaxing game called nora the wannabe alchemist I've not uh, heard of that one. Is that uh, is that on Switch? Does it say? This is all on Steam. I'm looking. Okay. Because I usually just go there and and see the developer. Sure. Um, I don't think you'd be a fan of the art style, so I'm not sure it's for you. But they also make a game called Propaganda Propaganda Inc. I can't speak to it either. Where it's uh propaganda uh like uh empire you use a you make a empire 
um, and use your influence to become president of your country. That doesn't sound like a bedtime game. That is not a bedtime. Well, no. it looks like re- the actual <laughs> gameplay looks relaxing. Maybe they're, they're like know. maybe they're um, the relaxing developer. Maybe I don't like politics right before I go to bed though. That's so true. That's not. true. Yeah. So, okay, so stick with Mosaic Chronicles. Check it out. Mosaic Chronicles. Check it out. And Andreas, I'm gonna just every time I come across a bedtime game for you, buddy, I'm gonna keep throwing it out there. I know I didn't have a ton for you last time, but anytime I come across one, it's all you. There okay. You uh, one more game to talk about here before I switch back over to you. So as as you know, Carlos, you and I both are not prudes. We're both open-minded folks. We're both uh, consenting adults. And sometimes, every once in a great while, we do cover some NSFW games here on the show. We keep talking about maybe doing an episode, but it's, it's kind of tough. It's tough is. to find the good ones. It's tough to make time for that. Um, so we haven't got a whole episode together. I do have some, some candidates, but uh, recently a game came out from Tiny Hat Studios. They do a lot of NSFW games on Steam, and a lot of them are pretty good. I've tried a few of their catalog, and I think they're all pretty good. They're one of the... I don't know if it's fair to say they're one of the leading publishers of this type of game on Steam, but I feel like they their catalog is pretty strong. It's pretty respectable. Um, so they sent me a code for their most recent release. It's called Opportunity, A Sugar Baby Story. And to be clear, this is a sexually oriented adult game, not meant for kids. Triple X NSFW. So just put that out there. If that is not your thing, maybe skip ahead a couple minutes, uh, but that's what we're going to be talking about now. Uh, so it's on PC, and like I say often on the show, the only time I really ever play on PC is for porno games because I don't want to be on PC otherwise. And uh, so this is an interesting one. Um, it starts off like a visual novel, as so many do, and there's all types of flavors of adult-oriented visual novel. Unfortunately, I feel like this is probably my least favorite flavor. Um, what I mean by that is it, it's kind of funny. I have this little game that I play in my head whenever I start up a new a new adult game where I'm like, how long is it until you see nudity? Are we talking seconds? Mm, yeah. Are we talking minutes? We better not be talking hours because that's a problem, right? Because like you're only here. For, I mean, you're not only here for one thing, but you're here for a reason, right? Um, and so for me, this one immediately fails that test where it, t- it took way too long to get to some skin. And I'm like, okay, I, I can play any number of regular visual novels. Um, I, I am here to play your visual novel because I'm expecting some nudity and it took way too long to get there. Um, basically the premise is that you, there is a single mom with two kids who's working at a bakery and she's kind of unsatisfied with her life. Um, she wants to spice it up, you know, change things up a little bit. And then she meets an old friend from the past and things kind of like go from there. Um, so it's, it's a visual novel in the sense that the, the developer has a story they want to tell you and they do. And I think it's a fine story, but I think for me personally, it kind of misses what I look for when I come to get, um, you know, an adult oriented game on PC where I want, I don't want to see just nudity because there's porn. You could just, you could just literally Google anything and have it in a second. That's not the appeal. Right. And I don't want to just play a regular game because I got a million of those. I want something in the middle where there is some challenge. You're actually doing a task. And then the reward is that you get to see some nudity. That's like, that's the perfect sweet spot for me. Like it's like a good little balance, a little sweet, a little salty. Mm-hmm. Um, this one fails at because it's just mostly the story. And I was clicking through a lot of text, like so much text. And I get it's a visual novel, but like when I play an adult oriented visual novel, there's a, I can, I can, there's a limit, right? I can click through three or four screens. And then after that, you got to either give me a new picture to look at, whether it's nudity or not, but like change up, the, change it up a little bit, keep it going, or let's get to the sex. And this one fails at pretty hard. It's a long time before you get to anything even remotely juicy. And then at that point, 
there's not really any choices. And I think that's really what ultimately hurts us the most is I got frustrated with clicking through text. So I went to the menu and I hit on the skip option and you just like, it just blows through all of the, just the text just goes like lightning fast. And I'm just like, Oh my God, this is like a really lot of text and just going, 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 going. Um, and then when you get to choices, they're not even really choices. They, you just, you just, two things will come up on the screen and it'll be like, Oh, what's up with you? Or I'm doing fine. And you click one and it says something for a little bit, but then you have to click the other one. So it's not even really a choice. You just have to click the options to move on with the story. So there's not really any branching path. Mm. There's not really any consequences that I could tell. It looked to me like I was just blazing through text and waiting for some skin to show up. And then I'd pause for a minute and then keep going. Um, so it was really just a visual novel in the truest sense of just like, this is a story someone wants to tell you. I mean, it's fairly well written. It's fine. Um, but just again, for me personally, that's not really why I'm here. Yeah. And I needed a little bit more skin and a little bit less talk and a little bit, it, it would really help if there was more choice. Right. Um, for example, I'm not going to talk about this one this week, uh, but I am playing another adult oriented game, which the developer sent us a code for called first bite. First bite it is about a three vampires who are also sexy people. And then you are the person who meets these vampires. Um, I just started it yesterday and I will say number one, it's already, Checking the boxes because there's not very much text before you get to something interesting to look at. And you can die. Like you choose the wrong thing. You've died. I already died a couple times. So ah, I'm like, okay, there you go. these choices matter to me, which makes me immediately wake up and pay more attention because something could happen. I got kicked back all the way to the fucking uh, title screen. And I was like, oh shit, I didn't save my game or anything. Fuck. And I had to like go back and redo. You know, I wasn't expecting that, but that was a nice surprise, right? So I'll talk about First Bite next week. But I definitely need a little bit more from that now other this other thing this is very okay i want to be really clear about this i want to be really really clear about this this game is totally fine and it's totally appropriate for adults but one thing that made me slightly uncomfortable is that she is a single mom with kids and there are kids illustrated in this in the very beginning of the game to be clear there is no kid porn this is not kid porn in any way shape or form i want to be absolutely clear about that but my problem with that is that I don't want to be even remotely thinking about kids when I'm playing an adult game. Yeah. And so I have kids. I'm a parent. I get it. And, you know, part of this story is about this single mom who's got kids. I get it. I get it. I get it. But, like, I don't want to be even remotely in that headspace. I don't want that to come up for me. And I was slightly uncomfortable with it. And, again, the developer does nothing inappropriate. There is nothing bad about this content whatsoever. It's handled perfectly. I am just saying for me personally, Brad Galloway, if I'm going to be looking at a, a porn game on Steam or something, I don't want to even be remotely thinking about kids oh, in any way, yeah. shape, or form. Dude, so, I have to agree with you because, yeah. like, as soon as you said, like, uh, a mom with two kids, I'm thinking the words I don't want to hear in my head already. It's too real, you know? Yeah, a little. Yes, yes. I think that's that's it a little bit. And I just, like, it got off on the wrong foot for me a little bit and kind of put me in, like, a uh, what? Like, uh, that. Mm. so, again, to be perfectly clear, developer does nothing wrong this is a totally fine game no complaints but just for me that was a little bit of a misstep and it kind of put me in the wrong headspace and i i i didn't want to you know I, it wasn't down yeah so anyway um it's an okay thing if you want a visual novel it's got a lot of story to tell if you like the characters and stuff great for me it kind of fails the porno game um test too much text choices don't matter um just a lot of stuff to get through like it just it just wasn't very interactive even so yeah i think this one is a miss um but i appreciate the code and we're going to keep on trying okay before we go to my next game i i have to say that yeah i think i agree with you that it's hard for us to find those games and talk about them because they're just not many developers doing good ones 
or the at least ones that will like uh you know be good for us yeah, yeah. and i think the the things i've said before is yeah uh, I want some sort of fantasy like RPG or something I would normally play, but that just happens to have those elements in it. Sure. Um, sure. Which I think maybe in the future uh, will just be part of games, you know, because there are mature games. There are games yeah. great and mature. Sure, yeah. Oh, sure. And so, like, if we just make it not like we have to, everything has to be uh, fall into depravity or whatever, you know, but like, <laughs> I think that if it's just kind of more normal to just have like, adult situations that really do happen in the real world in the games. Um, So then the second thing is, like you said, choice. Like if I'm just reading something to read it, that's just not even fun for me as a game because I like having choice in a visual novel. So anywho, we'll keep looking. We're going to keep looking and I'll definitely talk about first bite next week. Um, I really good impressions on first bite so far. All right. Um, I, I feel pretty positive about this one. So fingers crossed. We'll see. So, all right. Um, back over to you, Carlos, back to the world of normal gaming here for Witchwood, but it's, it's W Y T C H, isn't it? Yep. Witchwood. I think I played this one a while ago. Um, some, remember this being like a real crafting game of some kind, like you're collecting stuff in the woods or something, right? Is this, is that it? Yeah, you're an old witch of the woods, and you gather ingredients and make spells, and it's like they they call it a storybook art style, like uh, yeah, okay, yeah, two D, yeah, yeah. but is that. but you walk walking around like isometric. Is that still called isometric? I don't know. Uh, maybe just regular top down. I think maybe it's top down, sure. but it looks kind of the, to the side. Yeah, we, we've been yeah. doing this podcast for years. We still don't know the, how to say words. I think it's just like games. a two D top down. I think is what you would call it. I think. The fact that we anyway. don't know isn't good. That's all I'm saying. Years of, of doing podcasting. <sighs> so, okay, it's a game. And it looks, yes, like storybook art. I'll agree with that. You are, you're a witch, but you have this weird, I want to say it's a kettle on your head. Some a sort ke- of. Oh, yes, that's right. Yes, that's some right. really yes, weird yes. looking armor helmet thing. Uh, so you can't see your face. I get, I'm guessing, spoiler, I'm guessing that you're just someone totally different than an actual what you think of as an old witch. Um, I'm not even going to spoil because I think I know exactly who you are, but I think okay. that's a surprise. Uh, but you are considered a witch of the woods and you're in this little shack and you go around and again, back to what we should really call this episode, relaxing games. Um, this is a totally relaxing game. Every once in a while, there are monsters about, there is ways you can get hurt, but in general, it's more puzzle solving and relaxing and gathering ingredients and meeting weird characters and talking to them and then solving problems for them. Um, but yeah, you walk around and you are like, your first task is to open this door so you can go, you know, further explore further and how to open the door is by getting a bunch of ingredients and putting them in these cauldrons in order to get those ingredients. You have to do things like run out to the woods, set a trap. First you have to build the trap, set the trap and get like this little critter. And then you get, unfortunately, you know, the meat from the critter, and you use that as one of your things. Uh, another one is like you have to shear this like wool, woolly sheep type thing. I think it's a different kind of creature. But but in order to do that, you've got to put him to sleep. In order to do that, you got to find something to put him to sleep. Uh, you do all those things, and then you can open up the door to go to more places. That's kind of like the first puzzle. But all that said, it's just super relaxing. Like I don't, don't think I have any inventory limit, you know? So when I see things, I just pick them up. Gotcha. Which is some sort of like, is it called Pavlovian? I don't know. But there's some sort of thing for humans that makes them feel good when they pick something up, gather resources, you know? 
Sure, sure. Um, I don't know. I don't know what that would. I know what you're talking about, though. I know. Yeah, I think that's the wrong word. But there's something about that kind of experience. It just makes you feel good. Um, And then not having to worry about like sorting it. It just all kind of works. And yeah, there's some monsters. I got hurt once and I had to like, you know, do a puzzle in order to, to defeat that kind of scenario. And you meet a lot of interesting characters. And the art's beautiful. Like, I love that style. It reminds me of uh, Cult of the Lamb. A little bit, yeah. Whatever yeah. game style you call that, like, what's that What's that perspective? That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, It's like you're still you. looking above, but it's all this kind of 2D art. Um, it's just super cool. The funny thing is, to go back, why I even played this game, it's been in my wish list forever. And I recently did, like, a purchase on my PlayStation, and it was in my cart, and I didn't it- mean to buy it. It had been in your cart this whole time. Yeah, it was in my cart. <laughs> and we've been, you know, we get a lot of codes for the game, uh, for the show, and I've been broke for so long. I haven't really bought something in a while. And so I go to buy a thing, and the witch was in there with it. That's amazing. You, like, surprised yourself with a little extra bonus. It was because, again, PlayStation, I, I, I'm not trying to pick sides, but it just happens to be the way it is. It was on sale for, like, $8 or something. Gotcha. So it's gotcha. like, even though it was already in my cart... I got it cheap anyhow. Um, and so I was like, well, that's the pleasant surprise. I really didn't want to spend any money. but So that's how I, why I even played this game. But man, oh, man, I'm glad it was a, a tricky little cart purchase because it's so relaxing. It's like I'm going to beat that Fox Hero game probably tonight, mm-hmm. and then I'll go back to my Witchwood for my relaxing. All right, right on, right on. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying it. I, I'm, I am 99.9% sure this is what I played a while ago. And Oh, you did play it, didn't you? Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I did. I'm pretty sure I even talked about it I don't it think you show. liked it. I did not like it. I love the art. I think the art is amazing, and that was why I got into it in the first place. It was just really visually attractive to me. Um, but I remember just being really um, – I'm not much of a crafting guy in general. I'm not much of a – don't starve kind of a you know pick up a bunch of stuff and make a bunch of stuff crafting trees like i don't i don't get a lot of value out of doing that personally and this game like really leans into that pretty hard if i remember correctly where i like the idea of it but i was just like i don't want to just collect a bunch of stuff and i don't want to craft a bunch of stuff i wish this moved a little bit quicker and it's 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 really that's what it's really about right yeah the ever-growing crafting trees well i'll say this in its defense for that part and maybe if you would have given a little longer time i don't know maybe you still wouldn't have liked it but i don't like don't starve by the way like i know a lot of people love that game but i don't like it, survival and crafting mm-hmm. or crafting being part of survival that makes me freaked out and i get anxious right so that game made me anxious this there's no like penalty you know like it's just do it if you right. want uh and then also most of the crafting i've done and like mixing of potions and stuff have been super easy so, like, if I had to do something that took forever, then I'd be frustrated. But everything's been like, oh, yeah, I'll just do that to do that, and that makes that cool. We should check back because I remember I played it for a little while, and I got to a point where it was like, it's like one of those, uh, it's like a crafting pyramid where, like, you're making this thing to make this other thing, and then you put these two things together, and you make another thing, and then you got to make the last thing, you know? And when it I gets, know. like, when it gets complicated like that, I'm just like, I don't. I don't want to do that anymore. Let's I check think, again. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, let's check in. Let's check in with you later on. See how because it goes. I, if it get, if it gets to a crazy pyramid at the end, then I might get frustrated. But for now, it's okay. All right, that is Witchwood with a Y. Yeah. Uh, we have one more game to talk about here before we go with a Y. And this is, what? Sorry, I'm like fucking up this whole podcast. Uh, Just what, talking what? No. over you all the time. Uh, <laughs> with also with a W, I meant, and I said Y. Oh yeah, Witchwood, yeah. and this game starts with a W. I'll see myself out. 
That's fine. I was like, there's no Y in Wild Hearts. What are you talking about? It's I was like, like, with a Y. I'm drunk. <laughs> I'm not. It's that peppermint mocha, man. You got that yeah. peppermint mocha going on. Okay, so obviously I just spoiled it. Wild Hearts is the big release for this week coming from Team God, what is, Omega Force. Omega Force, the people who do a lot of the uh, those Dynasty Warriors games. What do you call those games? What is the uh, yeah. there's a specific word? There is a word. Man. We'll never know, and we have no internet to look it up. Oh, my God. We'll never you know, know. Being old sucks because you forget words that you know you know. And Musao. Musao games. Yeah. They make a bunch of Musao games like uh, like Dynasty Warriors. But they're teaming up with EA, of all people, which I think was kind of a real, like, what kind of moment for most folks, myself included. Yeah. And they're trying to do a hunting game uh, like Monster Hunter. And it was it just kind of random team up for what reason coming out of nowhere like it just was like what happened how did you guys meet in a bar and then you just gonna hit it off like what the fuck how did this even come about so yeah uh this is uh it's out a couple days ago i think uh it's on all the major platforms i believe not switch i don't think but i think it's on everything else pc playstation xbox i'm playing it on xbox x they put out a demo a 10-hour demo yeah if you have the xbox ultimate because that includes ea play uh, which I didn't realize that I had EA Play, but I guess that I do. By the way, Asterix, and... I didn't have Ultimate because I remember I got rid of everything. Yeah. And yeah. so I had to, what I did for this game and how I'm even talking about it, because I've been super broke, is I bought the subscription just to EA Play for $5. Oh. Okay, so $5. Okay, So gotcha. $5 gets you a demo of Wild Hearts, basically. Gotcha. Um, okay. And then any other thing that EA Play does, I'm not like, you know, maybe going to keep the subscription. But for this particular thing, it was like, hey, I can play Wild Hearts for five dollars. Yeah. Yeah. You get like a you get a 10 hour demo, which is a pretty substantial demo. Ten hours is a lot of game. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's fine. And uh, it's also an Xbox S, X, X, PC, PlayStation, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so basically, uh, this is their interpretation of Monster. Hunter. It is it is so close to Monster Hunter that my kid came up beside me as I was playing this and he's like, they're going to get sued. And I'm like, you know, it's weird. Cause I feel like, I feel like maybe they're okay, but I feel like somebody had that discussion because it's really, really similar to monster hunter. Yeah. Um, you play a hunter, you can customize, you know, male, female, you do all sorts of cool little, um, you know, customization scars or height and weight and stuff like that. You know, you make your hunter like you do and you start off in this world and it's a very uh, Asian themed world where you wear, um, you know, samurai-esque kind of clothes, maybe a couple ninja clothes or something like that. And the monsters are real animals, but they are blended with plants, which is kind of a weird, weird thing. Um, like the very first monster you fight, he looks like his face is bushes, but his body is like a, like kind of a rat body, I guess. And he's got like a big root bulb on his tail or something yeah. like later on. Yeah. I'm sorry. It made me think of Last of Us. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, they're like all giant clickers or something. Yeah. Clicker monsters. It's, it's Every monster is, is corrupted by plants, or maybe the plants are corrupted by monsters. I'm not sure who's doing what to who here. No, the but... monster has the ability to take over areas. I listened to some of the story, and they have this ability to influence the environment around them. So they're actually, like I think, controlling like um, nature. So they're kind of a weird hybrid, just natural yeah. hybrid of plant and animal. Like I fought the the boar and the boar had all these vines and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was like, anyway, so that's the basic premise. You fight these animals that are half animal, half plant. And, um, it's, it's just like monster. Hunter. like you run around, there's a big hub world that you get to. That's just like your hub base in monster hunter. Um, you can run around this semi open world. 
you um, fight. There's a different, like, I have six weapons. I have not unlocked the other two weapons. Uh, but you get, like, there's a sword, there's a hammer, there's a great sword, but they call it something else, like an Odachi, which I don't think is the right word. Uh, there's a umbrella, something else. Wait, wait, which one did you land on? You know, to be frank, um, I liked the bow the best because um, it, you were able to move around pretty quickly. You could stay pretty far back. And it was kind of neat because with the bow, you hold it one way and it shoots primer arrows. And then you hold it the other way and you shoot an igniter arrow. And so you you, mm. you fill the animal full of primer arrows and then you'd switch it and then shoot the igniter and hold it, the whole thing just like explodes. Like a giant nuke goes off. It's pretty cool. Um, not a lot to it. So it was kind of a one note sort of a thing. Um, I tried the umbrella, but the parrying was like way too hard. And it wasn't doing too much damage. I mean, I tried them all. Um, and I think maybe the bow or, or the basic sword. I think maybe the, the basic sword was pretty good too. What about you? Well, I think, I mean, the answer is almost obvious in the fact of the, if you look at the results, I picked the big sword, what you call it. I don't know what it's called. They call it the Odachi, I think, but I yeah. don't think that's what it's really, that I don't think that's what it really is. Well, the big sword's fucking great because basically, you know, I'm of course a melee guy. I don't want to go in and do heavy damage, be a tank, but it does crazy damage, um, comparative to all the other things. And also, you know, you can right trigger and kind of create this net next level of energy that goes through you, and that energy can go into the attacks. Yeah. So you're yeah. doing these really kind of crazy evolved attacks, and then the, the numbers start going up. So instead of doing like 20 damage, which is already a lot, you do like 40 and then maybe 115 or something. Sure. So it sure. just flies up, and then your jump attacks with those are insane. Um, and you can still move around, and it's not like heavy like the hammer, so you, you feel still feel nimble. Um, yeah, anyways, for me, it's just like I was just taking out monsters. All right. So, yeah, I didn't explore that one too much. I didn't quite click with it because it looked like the great sword for Monster Hunter. And I've, I've made the great sword for like like years. And so I'm like, it looks like that's what I would be. But it was kind of it, it's weird because I think an issue with this game and we'll get into this is that it seems so much like Monster Hunter in so many ways. And yet it is slightly different enough to kind of like throw you off a little bit where some of the same things don't quite work or some of the systems don't quite work the same way, but they look like they would because it looks so similar. So that was mm. something that I had to deal with myself personally. But the other big hook to this game are these uh, mechanical wooden things that you have a power to control. So the very first thing you can do is you can create a wooden crate out of uh, out of resources. You collect resources in the environment and just store them up and then you can make a crate and you can make two crates. You can make three crates, stack them up. And you jump on top of the crates and jump off and do a jumping attack. The crate will also block an attack. Uh, you also get like a spring that you can build. Like you just pop it up out of nowhere where you can jump. Um, like it launches you really far forward for like a rushing attack. Um, there's also other things you can do with it on the open world map. You can set up a little field camp. You can set up zip lines. Uh, you can do set up a place where you can re uh, get health, uh, health recharges back. Mm -hmm. There's stuff you can do with all these little different things. I didn't get like a ton of them. I mean, there's more. Uh, I didn't see all of them. I've seen pictures of people making like a giant hammer to whack monsters with and a giant wall to, to be even more defense and stuff like that. So that's the other hook to this thing. Um, it's not Fortnite, Fortnite building where you're not building just like a giant house. You're not. You, you, there's just items you can make. You can make a box. You can make a spring. You can make a wall. But you're not like just building and building and building and building. You're not doing that, but it, it is also what I feared, which is, in my opinion, if you're focused on that, it, it can take you off your game unless you like know how to do that and also dodge an attack. 
because yeah. I will never do it in that game. I don't know if I'm going to go back to the game in general. Spoiler. But mm-hmm. if I did go back, like, I just stopped building in the game as I was playing. And by the way, I was still fucking taking out fools. Like sure, that boar, sure. I took him the fuck out with my hammer and with leveling up and with yeah. having enough health potions. Like I took him out with being smart about dodge rolls and attacks. Like yeah, I was like, yeah. this is Dark Souls. I'm going to fucking go in and get him. And But every time I tried to do those like, oh, I'm going to block, like the, the whole thing would just like, he'd smash into all the blocks and the blocks would hit me, you know? Yeah, I think there's I, a certain scale that maybe people have, but I'm not that person. Well, you know, I agree with you because I this is definitely a new thing, and I appreciate people doing new things, right? And I, I think it's a cool idea, but in the middle of battle, I think I was kind of like you, where I'm like, I'm not going to really mess. I mean, I, I would set up a couple blocks just so I could get off a jumping attack here and there, but only if I had like, the breathing room to do it, right? Yes, like, I wasn't, exactly. I wasn't like... If the if the boar was at the far end of the arena and he wasn't looking at me, I'd be like, okay, I'll make a little block, and then when he comes back, we'll jump on him or something. But it wasn't something that I busted out in the middle. And I've heard some people say that's really great if you do online multiplayer, where someone can handle the the block making and someone else handles like the DPS or something, so yeah. you can split duties, whatever. That makes sense, I guess. Um, so I think it's a cool idea. Um, but to be honest, I had a lot of problems with this game. I mean, it sounds like you probably had some problems with it too. You want to go first? You want me to go first? What do you, what do you think? Well, What's you, your take you on can it? keep going, keep going. And All then right. I'll say what I felt. Okay. So, so number one, this is extremely similar to monster hunter in so many ways. And I am, I've played monster hunter for like forever, right? I've played monster hunter since the first monster hunter. Um, and so it's so close. I feel like it's too close. I wish it was a little bit more different because if you just looked at a screenshot, you'd be like, oh, is that from Monster Hunter Rise? Or what? What? where is that? What armor is that? Oh, no, this is actually a completely different game. It looks very similar in, in the way that it handles things. I mean, it's it's streamlined in some ways, and it's nicer to the player. I don't think it's as difficult. Um, they're definitely more lenient about like life refill. You can often get a life refill as you're running around an arena. I, I almost never ran out of health potions, which is great. So you, it's pretty forgiving that way. But, you know, it's the same sort of like, collect animal pieces and make better swords and collect better, you know, make better armor and stuff. I mean, that's fine. I guess that's pretty similar to the the hunting genre, but it just felt like really like so similar to Monster Hunter without quite being Monster Hunter. It wasn't different enough. And I didn't feel like the mechanical bits with the blocks and stuff was different enough. And in fact, it's interesting because after having played Monster Hunter Rise, which is the most recent one, Mm -hmm. Capcom really did a lot to streamline that formula. Now I realize it's not as streamlined as it could be, but they did take a lot of steps to make it faster. They gave you a dog so you could run around. Uh, you could ride the dog and get to the monster faster. They just show you where the monster is right off the bat so you don't have to look for him. They do away with some of the other, like, like the onerous, tedious stuff. Not to say that it's it's all gone, but, like, a lot of it was reduced. Like, it is the fastest playing, smoothest, least friction monster hunter that there is. And it almost feels like Wild Hearts is is a little bit too late. I think if this had come before Rise, it would have been fine. But because Rise is here now, I there's a lot of quality of life in there that I don't want to go back to. And I'll give you an example. You go in this the open world of Wild Hearts, and in order to find the monster, you have to like go to your campfire and pick a monster, and then you have to build a radar tower, a literal radar tower, out of wood, and then you, you use that to like find the monster, and then you run as quickly as you can where the monster is, but like sometimes it's pretty fucking far away. So you're already doing two or three steps of just like busy work. And then you got to run to get there. You can visit hot spots around the map, uh, and then you activate the hot spots, and you can build a tent there. And if you build a tent there, then you use those as fast travel. The mm-hmm. problem 
is that I always ran out of resources. It's like I, I could build two tents and I could never build any more tents. There's like there's like nine hotspots on the map and I can only activate two of them. And I'm not sure is to my limit. Do I need to get some more resources? Which resources do I need? How do I get those? And so it was really frustrating because I wanted just to hurry up and get to the battle, get to the monster, which I feel like Monster Hunter has really gotten you there where you just get back in the battle and get back to it. And now it's like, well, I'm running around the forest and I'm not sure which way to go. And is he, is he above me? Is he below me? How do I get to where he is? And it's just like a lot of like running around and futzing with all of these like wooden things that I don't really care about building, like building boxes to climb up this cliff because it's too far for me to climb. Or there's a big cliff, so I got to set up a zip line and zip all the way down. And it's like I don't it's, it, it's not adding something to me other than time wasted and futzing with resources that I don't really want to do, you know? Yeah, for some reason, I got to the monsters pretty quickly. I mean, they do do the outline, too. You can see it. Um, if you do the radar thing. Wherever do, it is. Yeah. yeah, I did the radar yeah. thing. Um, and I and I think I made three camps as well, or three tents. Okay. Um, and they maybe I did run out of resources. But, yeah, it didn't take me forever. And they do have that zip line, which is annoying, though, because always, I always do it, like, and it hits a tree. <clears throat> and I yeah. Just, yeah. I, I'm like, da-da-da. And then I hit a tree with my face. But, yeah, I don't know. I, it wasn't terrible for me to get to them all right well that was those were my issues i felt like there was a lot of cruft in there that i just didn't really want to deal with Mm -hmm. um on top of that i feel like in terms of the actual combat itself the camera is way too close to your character um i was often seeing the inside of a monster because like you get up close for melee or something or like if i'm in a cluttered arena um backed up against a tree i can't see that i'm against a tree and then the monster is like dry humping me from the front and I can't see what's going on and I'm kind of like rolling around and it's like the camera's way too close. It needs to really pull back because you need more situational awareness. Um, So that was a problem. It felt very cumbersome for me to keep track of where the monster was and where I was in relation. And that's really key in these monster hunting games. Like you positioning and where you are is, is so important. If you don't, if you don't have that, you're just getting rolled all the time, which is not great. And I also will say along with that, um, it just didn't feel very crisp with the dodging the the hitboxes the collision um it just felt like at certain times it felt like i was whacking the monster with no effect and every once in a while they would rock back and maybe maybe it's better for bigger hits like maybe you had more of those hits with your big sword i I sure did knocked it on its ass yeah yeah i mean i had a couple of those but like it felt like i was kind of just mashing a little bit and it didn't feel very satisfying um a lot of running around it didn't feel as tactical and the weapons uh, I, I got to say, I didn't care for them that much. Uh, the sword is kind of cool, but again, you're kind of just doing dialogue combos. And I didn't feel like I was really, it, it didn't give me the same sense of satisfaction um, with the depth of the of the weapons that Monster Hunter does. And of course, to be fair to, to Wild Hearts, I played Monster Hunter for like, I don't know, a decade or whatever. So I know that inside and out. Uh, I, you know, maybe there is an equal depth in, to, to Wild Hearts weapons, but I felt like I just was trying to kept. I just kept trying to do it with the dialogue combos, right? I did the hammer for a while where the hammer is like hammer. When you see the flash, trigger the button to get the combo, to get the next level of the combo, do the next combo, wait for the flash, trigger the combo. I mean, I just was really focused on hitting the flash and trying to get this pre pre dialed combo out rather than being tactical. But I mean, uh, I, it's kind of bullshit too, because I know the monster does the same thing, right? I don't, I'm not saying the monster Hunter is perfect and, and wild hearts is not, but it just didn't have the same satisfaction and it wasn't as engaged with the weapons. Something about the weapons just didn't click with me. Yeah. I'll agree with you on the camera. And I think that in the, again, the style I'm playing, you know, heavy tank kind of melee thing. I'm just like in there all the time. So I basically like lived inside the, the monster 
Oh, geez. Okay. I mean, like that was my, almost all my matches. Like I didn't, yeah, sometimes I did the run slide, which I like the slide, <clears throat> the run, you know, and then yeah, into yeah, a yeah. slide. And then I, but I, I would just get close up on him and I basically always would be inside it, like seeing that silhouette of me and just kind of swinging wildly. So I don't think that's, yeah, it's the same kind of combat. And it, I agree with you that it's too close, but I also was scoring hits because I just went in for it. Well, because um, you were inside of him, how could you miss? I couldn't miss. Well, actually, I still missed inside him sometimes because, <laughs> like you said, those hit boxes. You know, um, I'll say two things. I one thing, one thing I loved, and one thing I didn't love. Okay. One, uh, I already mentioned Fortnite, but um, there's no sharpening. No sharpening. Love it to death. Love it. No stamina to death. meter either. Oh, I guess not. Yeah, which is pretty. No, cool. yes, you can there, run. yes, there is. Yes, there is. Yeah, there is. No, there's not. You can yeah, run forever is. in that game. No, no. Wait, you can run forever until you're next to a monster, <clears throat> and then you have a stamina meter. Hmm, it's Dark okay. Souls-y, right? Doesn't Dark Souls do that? They do, but I don't remember ever having a problem with stamina in that oh, game. Oh, I, I 100% did. Because really? Okay, maybe just your weapon specific. Yeah, because, I mean, I was, again, just, like, always attacking, always, like, turboing around and stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So my style was, like, I was running out of stamina. So, uh, and then also, I, they, I don't know if Monster Hunter does this, but they do some, the monsters do these hits where it just stuns you. Yeah. I hate those. That's just such yeah, bullshit. Not fun. Not fun. Um, the other thing I didn't like, which is a Monster Hunter trope, is that the monsters run away. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah. Fuck you. Was, yeah. Just take it out of the game. If you're going to redo the Monster Hunter, like you said, make it enough different, right? Okay, you need to build the building Fortnite thing. Cool, I don't like it. But just don't have them run away. Let's have a fucking fight, monster. I yeah. hate that. Yeah, so, I agree. I agree, especially since um, sometimes I would lose them, like... If the camera wasn't pointed the right way or I wasn't like if I didn't follow them immediately out of the arena, there were a couple times when they ran away and then I lost them. And I'm like, OK, wait, where are you? OK, uh, I got to build another fucking radar. Like, where is my monster? And like, it's kind of a drag. Like, and I think that Capcom has kind of figured some of that out lately where they're like, OK, we're going to get rid of some of the stuff. Again, not all, but we're going to get rid of a lot of stuff that is just kind of a drag and doesn't really add anything but time and annoyance to the game. And I feel like I feel like Wild Hearts just missed that by half a step. They were just like the next person in the door but somebody had already eaten their lunch and they're like oh shit you know we're just a little bit too late with this um it would have been pretty cool before rise but now that rise is here i feel like they just keep raising the bar and like capcom invented the hunting genre so it's like they're the biggest and they're the best and they've done the most innovation um to their own systems and so if you're going to follow them that closely you got to do them one better and they did not do one better so i think they would have been better to to do their own thing right to do something more more varied something farther afield yeah, I was just gonna say, not not necessarily better, but just different enough. Yeah, and yeah. Like the sharpening, by the way, is different enough for me. It would like make me want to play it more because I don't have to worry about the you know resource of that. Yeah. But um, the weapons weren't different enough. They were like monster hunter weapons. Yeah. And I was like, well, no, you can make anything you want, you know. Um, and then the combat did feel better to me because I felt like I could play it more like how I play fighting games or mm-hmm. you know melee games. Mm-hmm. But again, then they kind of failed with the camera. So it's like, it, it, you know, well, plus one, what, what, one step forward, one step back. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's why I don't know if I'll go back to it. Yeah. You know, I, I spent most of uh, either yesterday or the day before playing this game. And I, especially because I knew there was a timed um, demo, you know, like 10, 10 hour limit. So I was like, oh, well, I want to get this in while I'm still able to. And at first I was kind of into it, but like the more I played, the more I just kind of fell off of it. I mean, I got to the main hub city. I was getting ready to go to the next area. And I'm like, you know, I just, I just, I just kind of don't want to. Like I, I, um, 
you know, I mean, I play a lot of Monster Hunter and I play other games in this genre and there's not very many that do it better than Capcom. I mean, my personal opinion, maybe other people disagree, but it just didn't feel like it did anything different enough. And if you're going to, you know, if you're going to bite on someone's seas, you better you better bring it. And I just feel like they're it's not enough. It's not enough different for Monster Hunter and Monster Hunter does everything that this game does, basically, but just kind of better. So I mean, I, don't I know I, that I need to play these. I know you probably disagree. On I, yeah, things, I agree but. and disagree. I think that should be different. I don't think I think Wild Hearts does, in my opinion, a couple of things better because I like it better. But sure, sure, that's just personal preference. So yeah, I agree. I don't know. Maybe check it out is what we'll say. Yeah, I think I'm trying to think of who this is for. Right. So if you want maybe something that is more straightforward and I, in some ways easier to approach, for sure. Um, it's not as complicated as Monster Hunter. Um, even it's not even as complicated as rise and rise is the simplest one. So this is definitely simpler. I think it's probably easier to approach, um, probably easier to play in general. Yeah. Um, although the weapons didn't feel that great to me, but, uh, you know, if you, if you bounce, but, but the problem though, the problem though, is that if you tried monster hunter and don't like it, I don't imagine that this one would do anything different enough to get you in. Right. So it's either like you like these games already or you don't. And if you do like them, you probably already like Monster Hunter. And if you don't like Monster Hunter and you want something very different, this one isn't different enough. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah, exactly. So. All right. Well, that's our thing. It's kind of cool. And it's also kind of the same. Yeah. Wild Hearts. Yeah, I think I think I'm out. I think I'm out. What are you? You out? I think I'm out. I think I'm out. Think them out. Okay. That was Wild Hearts, and that is going to do it for the show. A couple things before we go here. Carlos, you got anything before we go? I just got one thing. Nice and clean. All right. Uh, check out the show Hello Tomorrow. What show is this? It's on Apple TV Plus. I never know how to say what the name of that is. Um, man, oh, man, it's real good. And also fits our theme of our episode. It's relaxing. So let me look up the actual description for it. It's a alternate future uh set kind of in the 50s like a 50s thing but it's a future where there's robots there's uh floating cars which we still don't have like cars that kind of float above the ground sure sure um and there is i don't want to spoil anything because i don't know the ending either but there's supposedly like uh continual rocket missions to the moon and that's just normal like it's like for um pleasure you like go there to go in a hotel or something. Sure. Um, now you still have to like be able to fund it and whatever. And so the whole show is this guy and a whole cast of characters, but he is a salesman, traveling salesman to get people in these towns to, you know, po- pony up their money and change their life for the better and go to, go to the moon. And so that's the kind of the spiel of it. And he has a, a group of people with him. Uh, Hank is Aries in this. And uh, I forget the two other actors names. Well, there's three or four other actors. They're all incredible. Um, And they, at some point, um, you know, we don't know. It seems like something's amiss with, like, the company that does this. And they haven't told me yet. I'm only in episode three or four. But it seems like something might be amiss with with this whole what they're selling. Because it's got that kind of, like, traveling salesman, maybe not telling you the truth kind of vibe. Sure, sure. And then they have their own little stories, like, you know... um, Everybody has their own kind of issues, and one guy's like have these money collector coming after him, and um, then there's like some government problems. And anyways, at some point, the main character meets his son, who he is estranged to, and his uh, ex-wife is in a coma. I know this kind of sounds complicated, but the reason they bring it up is because he doesn't want to um, tell his son that he's you know his long lost dad, so he offers him a job to be a salesman with him. 
that's a long-winded explanation of what this is, but it's really an alternate history salesman show about being a traveling salesman. <laughs> Another and, one of those, dude. I feel like I'm maxed out on oh, this. Oh, we see so many of them. Yeah, but with like too many. really interesting little alternate like technology things, you know, like the oven is like this weird like bubble thing that you put a turkey in or whatever and like flames come out of it still, but it's still automated somehow. Um, and there's like television screens that are like phones, you know, or like smartphones, but they're holograms kind of. It's just really interesting. And every time I think because we're so like conditioned to having like drama, right? And like death and turmoil. Every time the end of the episode comes up, I think I'm going to get this big, huge reveal and like it's all fucked or whatever. And it doesn't happen. And I'm like, well, isn't that nice? Like, <laughs> I think something's going to happen at some point. But all the, the little things are going on. They're drama. They're, pro, they're issues. But nothing feels like, you know, like going to smack me in the head and like, oh, my goodness, Game of Thrones, huge, you know escapades sure. or something right, so right. man oh man i think people need more of these kind of shows in their life it's it's compelling but it's not like controversy and problematic and difficult to deal with and make, keep you up at night you know what i mean it reminds me of um ted lasso a little bit not in yes. terms of content but in but in the fact of like yeah stuff happened and there was drama but it what they don't leave you like on this like stressful cliffhanger at the end of every episode. It's just like, okay, and this and this day is over, and that's what happened today kind of a thing. Yeah, know? and you're like, I'm rooting for this person. And no, that yeah. part's, that, there's a little bit of drama there, but let's figure out what's going to happen with it. I don't know. Right, right. It's awesome. Check it out. And what did you say it was called again? Hello Tomorrow. Hello Tomorrow. All right, cool. What else you got? Anything? That's it. I'm all done. Right. Got a couple things here. Um, so uh, I'm going to jump all over the map here. First of all, have you heard about Roald Dahl and the controversy that's happening with his books? Have you seen that? No, no controversy. I thought we left it. We did, but I feel like this is, I just want to just touch on this briefly. So Roald Dahl, really famous children's author. He wrote stuff like, uh, Matilda and the witches. And I mean, like, like a million books, a million kids books. Uh, so basically people are taking some of his books and they are rewriting them to remove some of the things that they don't like that he said. Mm. Um, so for example, in the, uh, Charlie and the chocolate factory, they are replacing the word fat because Augustus gloop is the, uh, the, the traditionally fat kid who was a glutton and he didn't listen to any of the grownups and stuff gets sucked down into the, the chocolate river or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're replacing the word fat or something. And I, I forget what it was. They call him like, uh, you know, husky or big bone or something. And the same thing with the witches where, um, you know, the witches are bald in that book. And so the kid tries to yank wigs off of them to see if they're a witch. And in this book, they're like, oh, but, you know, many people wear wigs because that's normal. And, you know, they're just like slightly adding some PC stuff to it. So some people are like, we need to get rid of this stuff because it's offensive. And some people are like, well, you know, this is how it was. I, I just wanted to touch on this briefly where I think that it is wrong to change the content of a book like this. Um, or at the very least you need to like give a warning, right? Like I can see, well, we need context, right? These things are a product of their time. Like, let's say for example, um, Huckleberry Finn, there are some, there are some words in that book, which some people find offensive. And yet it is a really celebrated historic book because it talks about people of different races coming together and like working together. And there's a lot of positivity in that book too. So you know, there's good things and bad things. And at the time it was written different world. So I think having the context of when something like that is written is important for me. I don't want them to change the book. I think they should either leave it alone uh, and just people just have a, have a talk with your kid, like have a talk in school, have a talk with somebody and say, Hey, you know, 
we don't fat shame people anymore. And at this time, Roald Dahl really hated fat people. So just keep that in mind when we're reading the book and we'll discuss it. You know, like it is what it is. Like you can't whitewash all of history because I think we're seeing some of that now in in ways that are much more nefarious than what we're doing with this book. Um, or at the very least, if you do feel the need to clean up this book, you should at least at the very beginning say this is an altered book. This is not the original text. Uh, please track down the original text. And the, and the original text should be preserved somewhere. Um, you know, I feel like this kind of like rewriting of history is a really dangerous slippery slope. And even though I may not agree with everything that Roald Dahl did, I've heard he's a real asshole in real life. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. And then we need to explain how it came about. What was the world like when he was here? And then what do we think of it now? I mean, that's what we do with historical texts in general anyway. So anyway, I just I just thought that was unfortunate timing. This is happening considering there's so much censorship happening in other places like Florida. Um, but we I don't think we should really forget our history, because if we forget our history, we are doomed to repeat it. Oh, my goodness. Why would you give me this? Um, OK, real quick, I will say this one. If I was called big boned. That's worse than being called fat. Well, I, I, I mean, I can't remember the exact. Okay, I the know. Exact, I'm saying like, yeah. and husky. But my, my brother back in the day sure, was sure called was. husky. And so I was husky too. I was husky. It's it's, it's pretty derogatory in my mind. Um, that was I, just, a, I can't remember the exact phrasing, just to be clear. I know. I, know. I, just, yeah. I think this is a slippery slope. I have, you know, definitive facts about how a lot of this is going around right now, which is not just this book, but like tons of people are like going back over things and saying like, it should just be this. I think right. you, your point is very correct in the fact of context. Like you could watch old episodes of Saturday Night Live, which I do, and be sure. like, whoa, they're not going to say that ever again. Nowadays. Exactly, exactly. But it's just what happened at that point and that time. So I think it, this particular story to me is really silly, in my opinion, and also dangerous because yeah. you can start doing that with history books and stuff like that. And then we're in 1984, which we are already in. Which we already are. It's already happening with actual history books. We're not going to get into that. But Florida seems to be leading the nation in whitewashing our history, which is really, really, really profoundly dangerous. Um, so this is just one more um, offshoot of that. And I just thought it was worth worth mentioning. I want to just give my take where let's not erase it, but let's explain it. Let's look at it. Let's talk about it. And let's accept it for what it is. And then we can decide whether we want to... Uh, engage with it or not but let's not let's not whitewash it got it should we call you wait are you follically challenged is that what we should call you am i what follically challenged follic oh you mean like the bald person or whatever? yeah yeah but you're not even <laughs> bald though you have hair you can grow i just it. shave i yeah, shave you just it. shave yeah. it yeah so like if someone is bald though do we call them follically challenged i mean maybe i'm not we'll we'll decide we'll take a poll okay we'll know. take a poll uh, getting off of that for a minute, uh, Carolyn Polachek, uh, who is a mu musician who I really, really, really enjoy, um, just came out with a new album. Just wanted to give a heads up to that. Her album is called Desire I Want to Turn Into You. Uh, she teams up with a couple other uh, big name artists on some collaborations. Um, she was, I discovered her when she was on Chairlift. Uh, her and this other guy were a duo for a while. I love Chairlift, one of my all time favorite bands. I was really sad when they broke up. But I was really glad when Carolyn kept doing stuff. I mean, clearly, I think she was maybe I mean, not to not to disparage the other person, but I mean, she's kept on going and she's clearly got some talent for sure. Um, I love her. I love her voice. I love her songs. I love her music. Um, and I don't talk about music very often, but Carolyn Polachek is a person who would motivate me to go buy an album or download an album. And uh, I think if you don't know who she is, check her out. Check out Chairlift. Check out her albums and, and see if you like her. Cool. Check her out. Yeah. If we're doing music I, next episode, I'll bring a ton. Yeah. Go. I don't have any. That's the one I had. I have okay. no more for the year. Just that one. Just for the whole year. Wow. Just the whole okay. year. Just that one. Uh, wanted to circle back on the devil's hour, which I was watching on prime. We talked about this, right? The devil's hour. 
Mm, why do I not remember it? Maybe I talked about it when I was on my show. It's I think a, it was your separate show. It was a, I, I didn't realize it at the time, but it was a season one. I thought it was a standalone uh, series, but it is a season one starring the guy who was Doctor Who for a while. Oh boy, I can't remember his name, but he's a real good actor. Skinny white guy, gray hair, older. Boy, I'm blanking on what his name is. Anyway, great actor. Love that guy, as you can tell. Um, but basically, I don't want to spoil anything about the story, but... If you look at the trailers, it looks like off-brand um, Silence of the Lambs. It looks like a lady talking to a convicted serial killer. And you're like, oh, I've seen this before, a Silence of the Lambs. But that is a thousand percent not what it is at all, not even remotely. And what they do with it, and I hesitate to even spoil what's going on because I think that the discovery of it is part of the show, is really brilliant. Um, it's a kind of a skewing of a, of a theme that comes up a lot in... Uh, I feel like I don't even want to say, I mean, I feel like there, okay. I'm just going to say there are some sci-fi elements. I feel like that's giving away probably even too much. Okay. I'm not going to say anything other than that, other than the fact that this is not a straight up crimey detective serial killer show. There is a sci-fi element to it, which slowly unravels over time. It's fucking awesome how they do it. And when you finally see what's going on in the whole story, it's just really well done. It was so cool. Hmm. Had us on the edge of our seats Really mysterious and spoopy and intriguing and boy, you like you think you know what's going on and then you don't and you get to the end of it. And you're like, wow. And I'm really glad to hear that they have renewed it for at least a season two and season three. So that's really good. Uh, but boy, just just check it out. Just check it out. I don't want to say anything more about it because I feel like even talking about it is already is just ruining the mystery of the show, which I think is just brilliant. And I will say also, I don't say this often, but the audio in this fucking show is off the hook bananas. Like it's so perfect to like throw you off your comfort zone, to get you on the edge of your seat, to like the, the, whoever did the music for this and the, and just the soundscapes for it is just amazing. It's really, really well done. So cool. Devil's hour on Amazon is great. It is not silence of the lambs, even though it looks just like it, it is not that check it out. I'm going to check it out. And Oh, just, just, I wanted to pour one out for our homies over at people of earth. We just finished people of earth season two. Um, and I'm so sad. I'm so sad that they didn't get to finish that show. It was such a bummer, man. Wait, did we decide that they didn't get the renewed? We did. We did. We decided they, I read up on it. There is no season three coming. They uh, okay. had been greenlit for a season three and then they changed their mind. So they wrote the entire script for all of season three, which I'm going to try to track down online. Uh, cause I want to know what happened. Uh, but they canceled it. It's only season two and they left it in a place that was totally unfinished, oh. which makes sense because they thought they were going to do season three. So of course they wouldn't wrap it up because why would you? And there is nothing else. And I'm so sad because we love that show. It was so funny. That was a good recommendation, dude. Like yeah. it was really funny, smart, humorous. The aliens were a hoot. I mean, everything about it was great. And now I'm just really sad that it ended. I mean, it was it was gone before it's time. Gone before it's I, time. I, I can't think of it now and I'll think of it and tell you later. But there's another show that's like that that I like. And I think they're still going. I'll think of it and, and give it to you. If you know um, what it is, tell me. Yeah. Before we go, we have to wrap it up. I wanted to, I forgot this at the housekeeping. Uh, it is the 25th uh, anniversary of Ultima Online, uh, which actually has a player base still. Uh, it's one of my founding games, uh, obviously Ultima in general, but also Ultima yeah. Online, kind of like the beginning of MMOs, the beginning of randomness and weird like PvP stuff that could happen in games. World of Warcraft, like you know, was born out of it. Um, anyways, I just thought I'd read this one quick uh, couple of paragraphs. Yeah. There's an article on the MIT Technology Review, which I love that magazine, the actual physical magazine, but they also have a website. And they talked about this 25th anniversary. Uh, and then I learned that, yes, it's still a game and fucking 20, 30,000 people still play. Wow. Um, but anyways, 
here's something that, you know, there's these moments in time, just like in video games and also in, in MMO uh, history that just can't be done again. And when, you know, when this Ultima game started, um, which basically is Ultima 2D graphics, again, that same style, like looking down on a bunch of little characters, um, this happened. Okay, I'm just going to read this. When the game went live in September 97, tidal waves of players roamed the Kingdom of Britannia, clicking on everything and using game mechanics in ways the origin programmers had never anticipated. Soon, a group of murderous carpenters observed that wooden furniture could block the movement of other characters. So they barricaded the gates of a major city with hundreds of tables and armories and ambushed anyone trying to escape, basically trapping them in there. Uh, the victims appealed to Origin, but they pushed um, pushed for a solution you know, to do that, to fix this. So what they did is they patched it to let players uh, solve the problem themselves because axes could now chop up furniture. So they were able to basically get out of the Interesting. place. Interesting. Now, here's where it gets even weirder. Other misbehavior targeted weaknesses in the game engine itself, which were much harder to fix. Cunning miscreants nested thousands of objects in one place to create black holes that crashed the game. <laughs> and then another exploit was um, there was a lack of gravity. They didn't have gravity. So they used um, a, like a stack of chairs to float into other people's houses and then steal things from there. <laughs> just like all the beautiful weirdness that happened because it's not like necessarily good, right? Like it was nefarious. Sure. But it was miscreants. just like That's miscreants. Yeah. But like all these different legs and bugs and stuff. Uh, I mean, like famously Lord British Richard himself got killed. I don't know if you know that story, but he's an unkillable character. You know, he's the creator of the game and you know, whatever the, the world, but he was in the game as Lord British and he left, he was AFK, and he was away from his computer, and all of a sudden, like, the flag that made him vulnerable turned off, or invulnerable. Mm -hmm. So someone walked up and shot a fire magic spell and killed him. <laughs> and everyone was like, hooray, hooray, we killed the king. Hooray, he's dead. <laughs> um, I just, go back and read that article. It's so cool. It's on uh, technologyreview.com, and I, I love Ultima. I just, it's fun to hear those stories. Yeah, those stories are really cool, like the unexpected twists or things that developers never never thought of. Um, there was a story, um, I forget what, what it was, but there was a story about a, a, a developer who had a space game. I think we, we might have even talked about it on the show, where something about their spaceships was causing it to spontaneously combust or like they were exploding for no reason in the middle of space and people were getting pissed off because they couldn't play the game and the developer could not figure out what it was that was blowing up the ships they're like what what's going on this is not a thing this is not a mechanic and they found out that uh on the player's uh spacesuit or something there was a wrench and when the players would get inside their ship and take off the simulated physics of the game would make the ship vibrate because they were going you know rocket propulsion through space mm. the wrench that was attached to their pants would also vibrate and that wrench was tapping the inside of the cockpit for one damage every time it vibrated. Oh, that's vibrated. awesome. So they would, they would fly through the middle of space, and the, the wrench would be doing one damage, one damage, one damage, one damage, one damage. And eventually, like, the ship would just fucking blow up, and nobody could fucking figure it out. And they're like, oh, shit, it's the wrench on the dude's pants that is causing That's awesome. Fuck. You know, weird, weird shit like that is really hilarious to find out. So. I just want more of that in games, actually. I, I love it. So, all <laughs> anyway. right. All right. Good stuff, good stuff. This is a show. As always, folks, thank you for listening. We would love to get your questions and comments, as we always do. Hit us up, 
sovideogamespodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at sovideogames for now. Uh, also on Instagram, sovideogamespodcast. You can hit us up individually. Carlos, uh, where are we directing your traffic this week? Yeah, check out my YouTube channel, which is just still my name. So YouTube.com slash Carlos Odella, because I'm going to do uh, some of those videos I talked about on this show on that channel. All right. As for me, uh, same as usual, the usual suspects, Twitter, Instagram, I guess, co-host and spoutable, I guess. Maybe not. I don't know. It's like it's so hard to know these days. It's just angst. It's just, so much it's angst just right just now. just Twitter for now. I mean, come on. It, I mean, realistically, oh, people yeah, are still on fuck it. Fuck Elon Musk so hard. Fuck that guy. Anyway, wherever... It, okay, I'll just say this. Wherever I am, I am always the same name. It is me. It's yeah. B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y. All A's, no O's. So wherever you go, whatever social media platform, if I'm on it, that's my name. I'm not going to change it. So you can track me down. And this is going to do it for episode 324. Thank you all again for joining us here on the Soviet Games Podcast. And we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week.